0: Welcome to the Mad Ones, and happy early Valentine's Day. I'm your extremely handsome and hopeless romantic host, Cam Harless, and with me as always is your doesn't-celebrate-Valentine's Day on Valentine's Day, because working in a restaurant on Valentine's Day is her own personal Vietnam hostess, Miss That's Jessica right. Green.
1: Yeah, I've, thank you for recognizing <laughs> my personal struggle. Um, anybody who out, th- out there who's worked as a server or waitstaff during that holiday knows that it's like basically our... You know holocaust it's our vietnam (laughs) like yeah that's really accurate like
0: yeah it's like i when i've worked in retail especially when i worked um at the leather store black friday was just awful just an awful situation not fun but so I understand it just from a, you know, different (laughs) perspective.
1: I survived, but we don't go out on Valentine's day. Like my husband is like, you want to go to a restaurant? And I was like, I would rather die.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know what I just realized? I should have, maybe I'll do it for the next week. No promises. I should have made the green fire pink or red for Valentine's day. Mm. But no, I don't think about these things until it's playing. (laughs) All right. So as you know, this show is brought to you 100% by the fans and the patrons. So hit like, subscribe, join our Patreon for the occasional early episode, Zoom mm-hmm. hangout. And uh, for some reason, I, I still have the word gratification written down. And I can't remember the other word. I will be well, grateful forever for you. Patreon.com slash the mad ones. Also, <laughs> grab a shirt, a mug, or a tank top at WeAreTheMadamones.com slash store. And you can just take our little logo everywhere with you. And mm-hmm. people will be like, hey, what's that? And you'll you'll lie and say it's a band. And then they'll I never do. find us.
1: Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I'm literally one of the hosts of the show. And when people ask me what it is, I tell them it's a band.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bad. Uh, yeah. But we have maybe the most handsome man you've ever seen in your life about to join us. So let me let me introduce our guest. You may have heard of him. Uh, joining us tonight is a man of legend, nay, a god in human form, the official thirst trap of the propaganda report, the handsomest man in the conspiracy game, a hero in the games of improv, the actor who will be taking over for Harrison Ford in the next Indiana Jones, a very funny what? man, and a better friend, my personal Valentine, Mr. Brad Binkley.
2: Hey, ready. happy Valentine's Day. Jessica and Cam, especially you, Cam. Mm, nah. nah, I've I, I been thinking about you in that tank top for a long, long time. I mean, you can see all of the tattoos this way. I know. It, it is the best version of, of Cam that I see in my dreams on a regular basis. So I'm happy to spend this Valentine's Day show. With, I'm sorry to, sorry to do this in front of you, Jessica. i <laughs> I sent you a bunch of pictures of my feet, Cam. Jessica, I spared thank you. you. I know you have a husband, so I wow, didn't send you the my pics, But yeah, And, and I'll send you those paw pictures later. Yeah, I want to see the paw pictures. I would really love to see that. Commit. Commit to turning Ooh.
0: yourself into a real dog is what I said. I'm say. working on it. I'm working on it. You see the hair. You see the beard. It's just the rest of it has to fill in.
2: Right. Yeah, it, it comes. It comes to go see. We have those hacks who just put on the furry dog suits. It's just like you're not really trying to be a dog. You're just trying to be a person in a dog suit. That Become is cheating. a dog
0: like a Absolutely. lesser chewbacca yeah like a lesser
2: peter <laughs> mayhew like <laughs> uh,
0: that's
1: good oh, that's really good it's not as good yeah. as i can
0: get it but i mean it's all right
2: thank you thank have you. a few
1: more um have a few more bourbons oh, and then we'll yeah,
2: try it again so let's get into that chewbacca <laughs> <laughs> speaking of star God, this
1: wars this episode's though. gonna be weird
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna
0: be super weird let's
1: <laughs>
0: yeah speaking of star wars though uh, did you go on Twitter today, Brad? I did briefly. I didn't see Star Wars related stuff. I don't think. Well, when I first got on Twitter today, the first thing that I saw was a bunch of saggy boobies,
2: that, and I saw that for sure. And I
0: thought, I thought for sure, I'd walked into the Moss Eisley Cantina when I saw that picture. <laughs> like it, that was whatever it was. Didn't look right to me and i like (laughs) boobies did they just like have auditions for
2: like the worst boobies they're trying to make us not like boobs what they're trying to do which is just trying to make them not like
1: they found the worst boobs for that they they didn't even try. i I can't imagine the
2: casting call for that it's like looking for the weirdest funkiest boobs
1: they ran out into the street and they gathered the first hundred females they could find regardless
0: they took and a they ruler took- and they said, "They said your
2: boobs have to be longer than nine inches. Or we're not putting you on this."
1: Right,
0: they went right. to one of
2: those homeless encampments in San Francisco, started snapping photos.
1: <laughs> well, these ladies need jobs, so I don't. Right, they it. probably got paid.
2: Uh, you know, I'm right. like, sure they ripped right. them off because the the web. So it used to be, if you do like a job like that, you get a lot of money. But when things started becoming digital, they found like yeah. loopholes where they could rip people off. So they probably just gave I a I still feel like. Well, I still feel like we're the ones. Looks like,
1: yeah, and I feel like we're the ones that got ripped off, really, and all of this. <laughs> we definitely <laughs> did.
2: They yeah. they want to tape our image of, of boobs. Did you guys see the, the retort that somebody made? Justin showed it in that, local's live stream I was doing. Well, I think he might have been gone by them cam, but somebody put together a bunch of penises, which that's that's obviously yeah, the next step. Fortunately, I saw that. <laughs> and it was some strange penises. <laughs> But They're I feel included.
0: <laughs> you feel seen. You see. you yeah, feel, yeah. I feel heard.
2: I feel Stacey Abr- Stacy Abrams. Everything she says is right. It's like <laughs> it's like when Captain You Marvel looked at a bit,
1: bunch of dicks and then you agreed with Stacey Abrams. Yes, I, that's whenever I see a bunch of big
2: dicks, I agree with yeah. Stacey Abrams. Wow, I mean, why wouldn't you?
1: It's the the cock to Stacey Abrams pip-
2: pipeline. That's a, yeah. a, a pipeline in Georgia for that too. I'm in line. I got like the. I'm like ticket seventy five. I'm just trying to get in there
1: there's <laughs> like a deli pull down number thing that you yeah
2: make. totally yeah, yeah i was just gonna say <laughs> though what was great about like... what was great
0: about that picture though was it, it's like you know when uh captain marvel came out the first ever female superhero who had her own movie ever and women were like wow i i'm finally represented in that picture of all those weird penises Got me. Got me right there. I understand right. why I'm just why so women many guys. I've seen so many penises
2: out. just like that. Yeah, I've seen yeah. like hundreds of penises yeah. exactly like those who felt unheard. Like, I, I used to go around talking to people with weird penises. Like, what's it like? You know, they're like, nobody knows me. Nobody cares about my dick. And like, well, well now wow. they do. Adidas. Now they do.
0: Yeah. I felt I felt yeah. like an African-American after watching um, uh, Black Panther. Right. Oh. I, was, That's the I was seen. Yeah. Because Blade... Okay wasn't a superhero movie that came
2: no. way earlier no no he went to prison anyway so they had to kind of <laughs> for them. tax evasion right
0: yeah they sent but him in for tax hero.
2: evasion <laughs> and he's out now and he looks the same age wesley snipes has never aged today in like 30 years wow well, good you know for him i just
1: thought he was eternally in prison for that <laughs> like
2: yeah once you're came, in right you're out he came out right. and he was in that new eddie murphy movie the uh, coming to america too, the second one
1: oh good for him Cause like tax evaders are heroes basically. So like, yeah, you know, he basically didn't do anything wrong.
2: Yeah. Excellent. That was the worst thing I saw today. Well, it was the worst or the best. It just depends really on your context. So if you really, if you really are racist and a Nazi, then it was the worst. But if you are a good person, <laughs> then yeah. it was the best thing to yeah. ever see. I want to be in the in the meeting for these commercials they create, where it's like, because this whole thing was a setup. Did you see how they kind of piggybacked it off of the viral tweet uh, from the preacher who was like, "Ladies, you shouldn't show yourselves in your bra and panties online," and then people start, you know, tweeting pictures of themselves. I think that I think that person is an employee of Adidas. I think this is all bullshit. They're <laughs> or like, he's Adidas the responds. smartest.
1: Or he's the smartest man alive who got every Absolutely. woman on Twitter to send him pictures of herself.
2: I know. What and is that? So,
1: I don't know. I saw that and I was like, that's brilliant. Like, bravo, sir. Like,
2: Is there going to be a woman who says, guys, don't show us your dicks on Twitter?
1: <laughs> we don't
2: Someone need that. Someone probably already has.
1: <laughs> they just they just send them to us. If right. it's yeah, not We really just go like to your thing. inbox.
2: You don't need to yeah. send that. You don't need to
1: be publicly. There's a reason my DMs are closed. So... <laughs>
0: Yeah, there's a, I reason get a lot I of dick pics. Too personally, yeah, <laughs> because I can't. I, I like people. Cam likes hand picks, things. guys. Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh-huh. Some some of those whip <laughs> hand picks, though. Yeah, I
1: did. Mm-hmm. I did go through all those titties though, cause like looking for a good pair too. <laughs> that was like, a
2: great line. You got to like, cut that for like a trailer right there. That was awesome.
1: I like. I like. I like. <laughs> zoomed in and scrolled through, and I'm like, "There's got to be a good pair in here." One, one good pair of titties. In that I whole spent
2: hours there. and hours looking over those titties, <laughs> and I, I, I was trying to find the same thing. Let me see the best pair. I'll have a rating system, have them all organized in rankings, and, and I was trying to find the trans titties. I couldn't find any trans titties. Yeah. Well, how do you tell? Ironically, those would probably be the best because they'd be big fake tits. The the nipple
1: placement is sometimes off. And you can (laughs) kind of tell it's like, uh, it's all akimbo. Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Your nipples seem a little off to me.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Catty wampus. These titties are catty (laughs) wampus. Yeah.
0: Brad, did you, I don't know, I hope you haven't seen the video, but did you hear about the woman comedian who was on stage and was talking about how she was vaxxed boosted had the flu shot and then she goes on to say something about how jesus likes her the best oh my god did you hear about this i saw a headline but i didn't read the story so she at the so i'm glad you get to see this for the first time i was really hoping you hadn't seen it (laughs) but just like this was not her being funny or making a joke
2: but it's so perfect So so, you're saying it would be a great joke had she planned exactly watch (laughs) just watch this
3: rag I don't care but I want you to know double vaxxed booster flu shot
1: and I'm gonna be honest I have the shingle shot too and I still get my period what yes
2: traveled went to Mexico twice did shows, meet and greets, never got COVID.
0: Clearly, Jesus loves me the most. Seriously.
3: So nice. So nice.
0: you telling me that
2: wasn't on purpose?
0: No, she, she allegedly just fainted.
2: Oh my God. So that that would open. be the most perfect fucking joke. Ever like like I'm watching that at first I'm like this is terrible it's like an open mic night but then she does that that that's oh my god she needs to work her, that into is she okay
1: her no she cracked her skull um and I mean she's fine she didn't die or anything but she got a skull fracture but the biggest laugh of that whole bit was when she hit her head. And it got a huge laugh. The room erupted. And it's
2: because they thought she was fucking ridiculous the way she was presenting <laughs> it at first, like bragging about the fucking fact that shit's not funny. What are you, Stephen Colbert? That people have been led to believe that stuff's funny is not. So when she fell down, they thought that was part of the routine. They thought yeah. it was the the, the twist. I, like, I oh I mean, you're I'm actually funny. Okay. Yeah. What and it looked
0: what it looked like was that she she called out saying that Jesus loved her more than anyone else. And he went, bitch, no.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, she, she was also – her body was a little tense the whole time. So the way she was moving around, it looked like she had been holding her breath a lot not breathing. A lot of people get on stage mm-hmm. and they forget to breathe. That's, that's one thing. It's, it's a weird thing, but it's like remember to breathe. Remember to breathe. And if you remember to breathe, you won't be as nervous because when you're not breathing, you're focused on all the other shit. And it looked like she was not remembering to breathe. And, right. and it, it, she just was not – she lo- did not look stable leading up to that. I just think that she um, maybe – might have been Jesus. might have been <laughs> – might have been a combination.
1: Could drop in the O2 <laughs> O2 yeah. count in her blood. Yeah. Also, so her and Chelsea Handler are together on a comedy tour right now called um like Bath This woman yeah. is yes. That, that was that shit she was doing was terrible. Well, so was Chelsea Handler. But God, um so man. her and Chelsea are on this tour. Chelsea Handler is also in the hospital right now for undisclosed reasons. Um, which, you know, to me is you got your Vax booster, you got myocarditis from it and you're in the hospital and you can't say anything about it cause you're going to look like an asshole. So, you know, I don't know. It just seems a little funny to me that both the headliners of this comedy tour are in the hospital yeah. and their comedy tour is about how great it is that they're Vaxxed. And also I thought it was weird that she made that comment about still getting her <laughs> period. Um, yes. like Number one. Gonna,
0: yeah,
2: sorry. He's gonna go see that fucking tour. I'm vaxxed. Nobody's going to see that shit. I think
0: Chelsea Handler was actually in that Adidas pic, though. Probably. I'm sure she was. She
1: was everybody in that Adidas picture. Just it, was like just, it was just
0: sixteen pictures of Chelsea Handler's boobs. Chelsea Handler.
2: Chelsea Handler she she used to be funny until she got political. Now now she's just like. Her jokes, her punchlines are just like, hey, guess how many guys here have fucked me? Everyone. I mean, that's like her yeah. jokes. She just talks about, it's just, and then she starts bashing, you know, Republicans and and she's one of their spokespeople. She's like a, yeah. a Kimmelite, I guess. Yeah. Who also used to be funny.
1: And it's unfortunate because there are like really funny women comedians. And mm-hmm. when they are funny, Name they five. don't have to, I mean, okay. <laughs> Let me get to my point first, though. Um <laughs> Usually I'm they're small acts. No, no, I'm I'm say, I'm saying that like funny women they don't really get like their due, and yeah. I don't I you know you kind of put me on the spot. I'll think of five by the end of the I, I know okay. I know a
2: lot of funny standups. There yeah, there are, <laughs> yeah, there I, are I a lot of funny like st- female up. The stereotype that women aren't funny, I disagree with that stereotype. I know a lot of very very funny women, but Which a
1: lot of times them. they don't have <laughs> to talk about their vagina the whole time. Like the whole, the vagina. Well, bit wait a Now a,
2: here's where we differ. <laughs> no, you're right. You're completely right. I agree. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, I just think that like that's kind of like a a woman said vagina is not a joke. It just makes people uncomfortable and people laugh when they're uncomfortable. And yeah. so that kind of gets mistaken as a like a comedy comedy bit. And Well, right.
0: Kind of and, and they also talk about like their vaginas and having penises in them and stuff like that. And I think that that's one of the dividing lines between like men being funny and women being perceived as not funny is everyone has lived with a man in some way everyone has heard him fart everyone has heard all the gross things most most women have been with a man or will be and so when they make those jokes they're relatable to like everyone but when you start talking about bleeding from your orifices like half your audience isn't there right half half All like right. when uh, Amy Schumer joked about how it looks oh, like she'd, she'd sneeze in her underwear she's not oh, there i'm just like oh yeah she's the worst leave some mystery i mean i know that this stuff happens but like do, yeah. is she <laughs> if she's doing it so
2: that's like the type of material material that you do for a, a specific conference with a specific audience or something like that mm-hmm. so if you're hired yeah. to work uh some sort of a women's conference for the in medical or whatever then then you bring that material but for the mainstream audience yeah that yeah, you're right uh Maria Bamford, Ellen's DeGeneres
0: in her heyday.
2: Ellen was great back in the day. Back in the '80s, you watched Ellen from the '80s. She was good. Now she's just a, a mouthpiece for you know the propaganda uh, worldwide. But back in the '80s, she was. I, I used to when I, I used to teach a stand up comedy class, and I I used to show her clips from the '80s because she was so her formula and just her structure was so good. Yeah, she was great at the reverse. Is what she was. So there's at. a.
1: Show on Ali Netflix. Wong,
2: there's another one. <clears throat> I three, I have oh, three now. she's I'm gonna great. Beat, I'm going to beat
0: the both of you. Joan Rivers, um, oh, Rivers yeah. Eliza Schlesinger, I remember being funny. There's there's a, five, there's there's a, my five.
2: So I mean, I can't remember the woman's name. Lisa Lampanelli. I, I yes, love her roast because she's yeah, dirty. Really like good. she's funny, dirty. I, I Chorus Leachman not,
1: also falls, falls in that category too. Like she's she's really funny, but she's raunchy too. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's a comedy um like variety show on Netflix. I think it's called The Degenerates. And mm. they'll have a bunch of like smaller acts on there. And a few of the women that I've seen on there have like blown me out of the water and were great. So naming names would be difficult for me. I'm not good with names, but I definitely recommend checking out the degenerates because they do have some smaller acts on there that are really good. I can let tell me say you,
0: the reason the reason I say um what's her name? Joan Rivers is because of the balls on that woman because she was making jokes about 9-11 like the next day yeah and not a lot of people had the had the gumption or the <coughs> um, the the balls to do that and so I, I i list her not because i've listened to a lot of her but because she had balls and I, I i respect that
2: she was great at the i think it was the trump roast like trump was also good or maybe it was the, maybe it was her roast but they both were very funny at her roast and uh, you know Trump, I didn't write his shit, but she was, yeah, she was very edgy and she mm-hmm. she pushed the the bounds. But she, you know, Amy Schumer and them, they blow they they blow through the uh, say the Overton window they call it in, in news. They blow through that Overton window of, yeah. of comedy, but that's probably for kind of a purpose too because they they are also represent the progressive agenda. So you're supposed to give them big snaps. You're supposed to well, love she's, them. She's the what niece or? of chuck schumer yeah, chuck schumer Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the
0: senator i mean yeah
1: when you look at some of the famous people like a lot of the famous people they actually have like connected parents Mm -hmm. and all of those um like 1970s rocker 60s rocker um what was that uh shit i'm not gonna remember it off the top of my head there's a valley in california where a lot of these um sort of like classic rock acts come out of and they're all connected to like their parents are like CIA agents and shit like that. Yeah,
2: it's crazy um, when you look at yeah, Jim, Jim Morrison. Yeah, Jim Morrison is
1: one. of them. Yeah. Do you know what the Valley I'm talking? There's like a. am not sure what region, the Valley is. There's like a region in California where Jim Morrison comes from. Let me find out about that. A
2: lot of the it, it is it is almost like clockwork when there's somebody prominent who is new or even old. When you look into their background, they always have some sort of weird Laurel Canyon. connection. Laurel is Canyon. It, thank you. Oral
1: Canyon?
2: Laurel. Laurel Canyon. Canyon. Oh, we'll get yeah. to the Oral later brand. more yeah, okay. offline. Right. <laughs> was it DiCaprio was Monica brought this up the other day. DiCaprio was one of the global young leaders from the World Economic Forum when he was a kid. Ugh. Oh. And today okay. he's in that climate change movie. Don't look up. Yeah. And,
0: yeah. I hear it's just like not a good movie.
2: It's okay. I, I, I've I've watched. I haven't even watched the whole thing. I, I've. It's like, it's like two and a half hours long. I've, I've watched part of it. I, it's not <laughs> bad. It's kind of funny sometimes, but um, it, it's definitely a climate change agenda driven. And Jennifer mm-hmm. Lawrence, who's super fucking charming, but also she she plays into all this now with, with her interviews and all her shit. I, it just it bums me out to see people that I'm like they're really talented and, and great. And then now they're just mouthpieces for a fucking propaganda engine.
1: So you kind of, I feel like you kind of have to be to work in that industry. Like it's expected of you in the same way that during the McCarthy era, you kind of had to be part of this anti-communist thing. And if you weren't, they would like destroy your career. So, you know, there are likely a lot of them who don't agree with it, but look what happens to the ones who are vocal about it.
2: Right. So, yeah, definitely. So we, we see like um uh, lebron james and and you know he's LeBron he, James totally down with with <laughs> the Chinese thing and they get so much fucking money from over there mm-hmm. and people mm-hmm. they they act like that's not a thing and now i i I'm not gonna say so we have all this stuff that we hear about China, and I China probably. It's probably not fun to live there, but I, I'd be willing to bet that the Chinese people talk about us the same way we talk about them. So they yeah. probably hear a lot of propaganda about us just like we hear about them. So it's, for me, it's hard to decipher what's true and what's not about what we hear about China. See, I don't think it's about the people. I think it's about these ruling elites that try to yeah. use the people as pawns against against us. But you got LeBron, you got the fucking whole Hollywood, just everything. They, they cater to China because that's where the big bucks are. They have so many people over there and they make so mm-hmm. much money over there.
1: And that actually really speaks to something I've been thinking a lot about Russia lately, too. Like, all of this, yeah. Before that, he said
0: LeBron James, and I don't know if you've ever seen this Vine, but I think it's worth adding to the stream. Okay. (laughs) If I can play, oh, that's right, I have to push a play button. LeBron James, LeBron James, LeBron James, LeBron James. (laughs) LeBron (laughs) James.
2: It's very cute. <laughs> this has like a how many views I have? Like a million views. This kid just saying. Well, like, and that's God,
0: yeah, and and that's not even the original because it was on Vine, and so th- that probably had a billion views or something like that because you know it's seven seconds long.
2: <laughs> this guy was a student of mine. Uh, he he started like a Vine channel. I, I never was in Vine. I don't know if I've ever watched a if I ever watched the video even on Vine. This guy started like a Vine channel, and he became like a super like well-followed vine person and, and he got all this it was crazy i, I didn't because i didn't see him for a couple of it? years i saw him I, his name is uh his name is aaron i can't remember his last name. Oh, okay hmm. he's a funny guy aaron tuning yeah actually yeah oh. I, I like him yeah, yeah he took my class a couple he took my class a couple times uh he's yeah he's funny dude he makes he makes like these video corporate videos and stuff now from what i understand i saw a guy who works with he's him still on, on tiktok other. oh is he so he'll he'll do uh, things here and
0: there on TikTok, but I yeah, I, yeah. I, was, I was excited when I saw him there because I was like I liked you on on Vine. Yeah, he's
2: a – I never uh see I I knew him before he had this public personality so I I haven't I don't know much of him back then but when I was at relapse he he was in my class a couple times he's a funny guy and mm-hmm. uh, he was making he started making videos for the Braves or something back then and he's done really well That's for himself.
0: Nice, that is someone I would I wouldn't mind talking to, because he he's just like a he was one of those refreshing. Humors on Vine and on TikTok, where it's it's not like cynical and kind of gross. Is that what Vine was?
2: People get like gross and. Shit?
0: Well, I mean, not necessarily, but like there there was a lot of cynicism kind of in the background in a lot of those. But his just seemed like he was having so much fun. Yeah, doing yeah. what he was doing. Oh yeah, he, really... he, yeah. He seemed, from what I remember of him, he was a pretty fun guy. Uh, one more thing, and then we'll get back to
2: Russia. <clears throat> but uh, are you looking forward to the Batman movie at all? Yeah, I like superhero movies. I like comic book movies. I wouldn't call myself a comic book nerd. I don't, I don't actually read the comic books, but I, I, I'm definitely interested in any any new Batman movie. Something that has stuck out to me is I've seen stories where it's been like, Batman's wearing eyeliner. Why is he wearing eyeliner? I, I don't know. Why is he fucking wearing eyeliner? And he's wearing eyeliner because he's goth, and that's, he. if he's going to wear a costume, he's going to wear the costume. Wear the costume. Um, I don't know how I feel about the eyeliner, I know that the actor at one point during the break that they were like, "You need to fucking start working out," because they, they <laughs> he wasn't working out. And he came on the set, and they were like, "What? What are you doing? You got nothing." To, they're paying you to fucking work out, and he's not working out. He's a good actor. It'll probably be good. What do you think? Well, I can't. Like, I I've seen The
0: Lighthouse. I've seen some other movies that he's been in. He's a good actor, but mm-hmm. he's Twilight Vampire Boy in my mind. Yeah, he's like. And he's, he's kind of slight in build. He just doesn't look like Batman. It's like the when I saw the trailers, it was the first time I'd seen a Batman movie trailer where I was like, that looks like a dude cosplaying as Batman rather than actually being <laughs> yeah. Batman. Yeah. And so I I looked at, it, it, they brought up the, um, my favorite Batman's Christian Bale, by the way. I know yeah, that that's like not something that people, people want you to say Michael Keaton, but I liked Christian Bale.
2: Yeah, everybody loves Michael Keaton, but I like Christian Bale too.
0: Yeah. But the duration of the movie is two hours and 55 minutes.
2: Really? Is the it the bad. long Halloween? Is that what they're doing?
0: They're doing something with the Riddler. So I don't think they're doing the long Halloween. Uh, that's I know right. They're doing they like the weird d- Riddler pictures. Thing. Yeah. But I'm like, I wasn't super interested into it because of Twinkle Batman. But then you say three hours, and I'm like, no.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's I'm a long movie. and it, it, It's... <laughs> It seems like the movies, they, these comic book movies, they try to make them super long because they want to cram all the extra material into it. Um, you, that reminded me earlier. I wanted to ask you about this, Kim, because I know what's you up? are a comic book fan. Yeah. I have been comparing lately. So, uh, Fisk, what's his first name from Wilson? the Daredevil? Wilson Fisk. Wilson Fisk, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, the the Wilson Fisk of Georgia is Stacy Abrams.
0: so you're telling me that she's not actually fat and that's all muscle
2: yes that's exactly (laughs) and that terrifying behind that she puts on this public front which kind of like wilson fisk it says all these things that seem nice but it says it in a weird creepy way because she she says some shit that's like supposed to be like great like we're for equity and equality but she's so she's kind of weird the way she says it and she (laughs) <laughs> From what I know of her, she's a super effective, like, she's effective at getting done whatever her goal is, is to get done. And so I think behind the, behind the scenes, she fucking cracks some heads. She slams people's heads in doors. She murders people. And, and she ultimately wants to be the kingpin of Georgia, maybe the planet. I don't know. But she is the Wilson Fisk of Georgia right now. Yeah, and <clears throat> brief aside, um, Wilson Fisk was done well
0: in the Daredevil show. And when they brought him into Hawkeye for those uh, couple of episodes, they finally gave him like the power, like the fighting power, the strength that he should have had the whole time. And I was just like,
2: hell yeah, finally. I I love the scene where he's fighting the girl. (laughs) He just (laughs) knocks her across the fucking room. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) It's it's, it's great. Yeah. That that series. See, I wasn't expecting much out of Hawkeye, but I actually enjoyed that series I think that was
0: my favorite one.
2: It's my honestly. favorite Netflix series, or not Netflix, uh Disney Plus series. The other ones I haven't thought were good, which yeah. made me start to think is like they should so the characters that people aren't familiar with or or they don't really have a huge base like Hawkeye. People think Hawkeye from Avengers like Ah it's fucking Hawkeye. He's not as cool as the other ones. They should do the Netflix series, like fucking Disney Plus series, first to build up a following of fan bases, and then hmm. do the movies for these people. Yeah.
0: And I think that they're doing that with a couple of different things, which is cool, but so I just want to remind everybody
1: of the moment where Joe Biden called Stacey Abrams onto, (laughs) um, onto CNN because he said that he had a huge announcement to make. So she showed up extremely pleased believing that he was about to make her his VP pick. (laughs) And as he talks, basically telling the world how articulate, and clean she is.
2: Yeah, she's um, very clean. Her face
1: <laughs> changes. <laughs> so picture one is her showing up ready to be made the first black female VP. And then realizing that she's not, she's just clean and articulate.
2: So that <laughs> <Not with> the <laughs> image on the woman. right, the one where she is learning that. that so yeah. that's the, that's the Wilson Fisk learning that somebody says, I, I can't work for you anymore. That's the, that's what happens. Yeah. She, cracks she walks eggs.
1: in, she's smiling, she's looking you in the eye, and then everything just turns.
2: Totally. You saw the picture yeah. of her, right, with the kids that she just apologized yeah. for. Or maybe she apologized. Oh, I don't know. The did she say apologize? apologize? The headline yeah. I saw right before we got on the show was like, "Stacy Abrams apologizes. You can't ever really know if somebody apologizes unless you go watch the apology or listen, or read it yourself. Right. Because they were saying Joe Rogan apologized for having – people with alternative opinions on it. So he didn't apologize for that. It was just bullshit. So <clears throat> like Joe Rogan finally apologized. No, he fucking didn't. He apologized for the other shit, but he didn't apologize for that. So she probably did apologize. But that picture of her sitting surrounded by children, which I'm sure a couple of them were eaten after the photo was taken. <laughs> that she has she has to a, is she gonna be a strong? smile. And they're trying to make it out like she's just like, oh, we just did does anybody on this planet believe that they were about to do that photo and she wasn't like, I'm not wearing this fucking mask. I mean, they, they don't fucking care. Like they don't, they don't fucking care. They aren't flipping about it. They know, they know that other people are going to see it. They know they're elitist and they don't fucking care. Their apologies are bullshit. She's bullshit. She's like six foot two. I would never say that to her face. She would fucking pummel me because she's fucking Wilson Fisk. Actually that she, big. She, yeah. She's six foot one, six foot two. Yeah.
1: And I think that like it, it's so, it's amazing. This picture is amazing because it really, sh- like she's happy as a clam surrounded by children that have to wear a mask around her. Yep. It, it's it, like North it, Korea it shit here. Glorifies her. It makes her the most important person in a room. It it exemplifies that she is above the rules. Totally. I mean, you want to talk about Wilson Fisk vibes. This exactly. is, I am literally above all of the rules that your children
2: have to follow. Yeah, I completely agree. To see the smile on her face, but not to see their faces. Yeah, it, it, it's it's the, you know they the elitist- Yeah, it's, it's maybe maybe they were I don't know maybe their teeth were all knocked out because they wouldn't comply with whatever she was saying. Uh, she fucking knocked their fucking <laughs> teeth out, little shits. But it, it is, and she she's very in a lot of her public or press uh, stuff. She she's very. She's very egocentric. She's very, mm-hmm. and a lot. I'm sure a lot of these politicians are, but it, it, it seems to stand out with her. And, and the fact that she's a fucking romance novelist with an alias is got to be. She has a literal that. fucking really? alias. Yeah, it's creepy. Do
1: tell, or I can Google. Selena
2: Montgomery is her is her romance novel name, uh, writer. And so she's written a whole bunch of romance novels. And she told Seth Meyers one time, who's the worst. Uh, it's hard to determine who the worst fucking late-night show host is because they're all so fucking bad. I can't determine. There's like a race to the bottom of these late-night hosts. But she told Seth Meyers that she writes romance novels. She writes characters that if she weren't a politician or doing whatever it is that she's doing, she writes the type of life that she would be living if she weren't doing this. And the novel they were talking about during this interview was a fucking spy novel that Selena Montgomery wrote. She's... It's just like how she's – I'm not saying she's a spy, but she's a fucking spy for somebody. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> it, it just, I'm not saying she's a spy, but she is a it's spy. It's like – so Brad Raffensperger, if you're in Georgia, you're familiar with Brad Raffensperger. Actually, nationally, you might be familiar with Brad Raffensperger. He's the Secretary of State of Georgia, and he is he is the hero, the victim at the center of the Trump try and force Brad Raffensperger to – why don't you go find 11,000 votes, you fucking asshole? I'm going to have you fucking killed. That's the way the media presents it anyway. (laughs) But it's really just, maybe we can find 11,000 votes, which is true because if you follow Garland Favorito, of voter GA, there's been discrepancies, lots of discrepancies that, Everybody has agreed on even people who debunk. Oh my god, that's hilarious!
0: Just made this while we were talking. Uh, did you
2: just make that? That's fantastic. That's a Wilson Fisk. Yeah. You put her head on yeah, it. Yeah, I couldn't yeah.
0: find the photo I wanted. Well, I'll, I'll I'll make it better. But I I just wanted to share with you.
2: That is great. That's that's that's, that's well, hers. Done. Yeah, she fucking yeah. pummels people. There's no she eats fucking live children. She she's look. She's a very talented person, but I she's also manipulative as fuck. So, so she like, and me too. She ran on a fucking platform of she's going to decriminalize poverty. In two thousand and seven, she was a lawyer for the city of Atlanta, and she wrote a law that was decried by civil rights advocates in Georgia and across the country as criminalizing poverty. A law that the FBI used three years later to ambush a bunch of homeless people they dressed up as as tourists knowing that homeless people would come up and try and panhandle this is based on the law Stacey abrams wrote and then they arrested all of these fucking homeless people putting it's them in up. the system finding them a thousand dollars which they can't afford which gets them mm-hmm. stuck in a cycle which they never get out of she is right. full of fucking shit and they present her to be this fucking hero for minorities it's such a crock of shit
1: that's um she should have stuck to these romance novels because her right. reviews on Amazon are actually really good. I'm
2: sure yeah.
1: she's probably good at <laughs> yeah. it. She's
2: probably a good writer if she, if she writes. I and mean, she's very. And talented. then she's also
1: she's also got a bunch of books that look like they're trying to be like um, Jack Ryan style, like
3: right spy the
2: spy the spy movies. Yeah, that's what she right, was telling right. Beth Meyers. Yeah, she she would she writes stories about characters that she would be if she weren't doing what she's doing. That's what she said. Right? right. Yeah. Okay. It, it, <laughs> okay. Selena wow. Montgomery, so you know somebody. So she's having sex with somebody. Who is it? Is what the big oh. question
1: is. But who's like? <laughs> I will give you a come up if you have sex with me. I mean, like, who's making that deal? I
0: don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> maybe it's more like if you don't have sex with me right now, since you're big and right. strong, and I can't stop you. If right. you don't do it, then
2: you can be she, present. She's like, this doesn't we- have to be rape.
1: That's what she's threatening. Yeah, that's what she's threatening people with. She's like, I will have sex with you unless you do this. And they're like, okay, okay, okay I'll do it.
2: It's done. It's done. It's done. It's done. It's done. Like, it's she threatened me. done.
0: <laughs> Brad, did I ever wow. show you the picture that I made of her as a, as a man?
2: No. Does it look any different? Uh,
0: I'll, I'm going to find it. I'll show you. But um, I love it so much because of the gap in the teeth. Like it's,
2: I I would normally feel bad. Like, I like people. I don't like to be mean. Um, I I joke around, but I don't like to be, like, mean about people. But she is very deceptive and manipulative in in her tactics and ways, and and she presents herself to represent minority groups when, when she's not a representative of them. She is somebody who has been funded by the fucking Klaus Schwab's of the world for her entire life, and she's been put in a position because she looks a certain way, and people can identify with her, so that she can right. manipulate those very people. So I, I I'm okay but also, talking to about
1: her. If if like she wants to, she's a politician, which kind of like opens you up to like public ridicule. Then you know you sort of have to like accept that you can't go. Oh, you can't make fun of me because I'm a part of a certain demographic. I'm female and I'm black. You can't make fun of me. It's like no. I mean, if you want like equal treatment, this is the equal treatment that all right. politicians are on the chopping block and we're allowed to make fun of you.
2: you so think of that Lena Win
0: tweet from the other day. Oh, Or yesterday. I Do you remember that, that one?
1: Liana Goebbels, as you called her.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Well, I, I know someone who has that spelling um, and it's Lena. So that's how I was pronouncing it.
2: Who Lena Dunham? Is that who you're talking
0: about? Uh, Lena When. Oh, that's right. My my. You mean that
1: doc change. that doctor, right?
0: Yeah, that that a- Asian Wynn. doctor lady. Yeah, yeah, here I got it pulled up. Okay. Um let's no, don't need to share that. Here we go. Yeah.
1: Don't don't share your other screen. Where yeah, I know you've there. got your dirties on there.
0: All right. So she <laughs> she tweeted um, What was this? Was this yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. She tweeted, uh, before there were two camps against (laughs) pandemic restrictions. Now there's a third pro restrictions earlier, but recognizing it's a different time now. This group wants to move on from vitriol and divisiveness to nuance and compromise.
1: Nuance. Nuance. This woman wanted me put into a prison camp because I didn't (laughs) want to get a vaccine. There's no, 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 no. Nuance.
2: They don't fucking. So. what do you What do you guys think about this recent turn? I, I think there's a number of, of angles that are, they're going here personally. I, I think part of it is they want to take away these issues in the twenty twenty two election cycle because Republicans could mobilize and organize around this mandate shit and how everybody's yep. pissed off about it. And I think that they've looked at the tea leaves and they said this people are pissed off about this. So I think now they're trying to be like, we're going to scale it back, And they're even trying to the the CDC is saying it's too soon. But the Biden administration is still scaling back so they can make it look like, no, we're with the people. It's just it's so fucking hypocritical.
1: Also, I've really been wondering about the people who bought into the covid stuff, like the regular, normal, everyday people who really bought into it and thought, okay, if you don't wear a mask, if you don't get a vaccine, you're basically killing my God. (laughs)
0: oh my god yes she has white hair
2: this is the best that weirdly dude she's a fucking gangster
1: that weirdly reminds me of somebody that we know on Twitter oh my god like if you put put him in dreadlocks instead (laughs) would that not look like Q
0: yeah, no, it, it <laughs> does. But also, it looks like there's there's a football player. He looks like that. I cannot. I, love I can't the white remember. White hair. No. It's so
2: yeah. great. Oh my god, this is the best. This is. I'm so in love with this dude. I wish you ever, I, don't, I, I don't wish know the Republicans why I put the would XXX use this. It. it needs to be a them. billboard. On Interstate 85. This needs to be a fucking billboard and it just needs to be like, fuck you, motherfucker. She to be all it says. It, it, it just, it, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, she's outside she's like, of obviously a strip club or something. Yeah. She's a sassy gay man. like why, that's did, exactly... why does she
0: look better as a man, is my question. She
2: looks good. I mean, I'm not gay, but man, as yes. a man, I'm more yes. attracted to Stacey Abrams than, than the female Stacey Abrams. She looks like Michael, Michael Strahan. Strayman. Oh my God. That's, who it was. that's great. Yes. What if Stacey Abrams is Michael Strahan? Wow, <laughs> this whole time. Whoa,
1: whoa, Wow. <laughs> we are blowing the lid off of this one, you guys. We
2: did. We got to the bottom of that rabbit hole.
1: <laughs> I remember what I was saying. Uh, that, no, that but uh, speaks...
0: Lena Lena Gerbels. I'd say little Miss Lena Goebbels would like you to stop being mean to her for scaring the public and adv- advocating for you to lose your job and be locked in your house for two years.
1: That's right. I was saying about all the people who really bought into the covid rhetoric. So they're just swimming along thinking that if you don't get a vaccine, you don't wear a mask, everyone will die. And now the government is turning around and being like, I don't have to wear a mask, you know, all these things. So are they just sitting there going, "Okay, we're all going to die now? Like, are (laughs) they not alienating? (laughs) Terrified for their lives? Are they not in? in that effort alienating the people that they did get to go for this or are those people going well the government said it's over guess it's over
3: i think that
2: some people are doing that i think that the people that are just purely political in nature are exposing themselves to be that way by by just completely going along with all that and i think that one of the reasons we see the cdc and others pushing back in the national media is to reflect the feelings of those people who um, feel what you just expressed. You're like, wait a minute, mm-hmm. you just did that. So they have the CDC and others reflecting that so they can have that little dialectic argument and then they can pull people to the middle and, and then just you know, kind of soften the blow instead of the coldly cutting off the, the mandates and all that shit. Um, was it that... Uh, I forgot. There, there was an example, uh, another example of that, but I can't just slip my mind what it was. The, the way they pull people, they 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 have these public figures represent the points of views, and then the 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 faux battles in the media that that will pull that sentiment one way or the other. And I think that that's right. what's going on here.
1: I guess I mean, and I I would hope for those people that they do get pulled that way because it is toward sanity. So even if it is that they have to be marionetted over in that direction, I mean, that's what they need anyway, but at least they're coming to a more sane place instead of, you know, if you go to a grocery store without a mask in the wrong area, they're going to like attack you like a fucking gang, you know? And which is crazy when I'm by myself in one of those areas and I don't have my husband with me, I will wear a mask because I'm only four and a half feet tall and I can't fight (laughs) every Karen and Alpharetta. I can't do it. Like, (laughs) That's, you know, intimidation and fear, and I shouldn't have to live that way.
0: Well, like, the the way this is changing right now, um, a lot of people think that if you mention the narrative collapsing, that you believe, oh, it's going to go away and everything's going to be fine and go back to normal. No. I'm no. not saying that, but I am saying the narrative is collapsing
3: mm-hmm. in a lot
0: of ways. Yeah. And a lot of that has to do with people being fed up and done with it. Because yeah, they're like, right. why am I going to get this booster? I, like, I, I was talking to... Um, a person on the left the other day that i know who were i was like oh you got vaccinated they were like yeah i was like you, do you have your boosters or are you doing that and they were like oh no no no, we're not doing that and it's like yeah but you right. were the people no, who, were, are. who lined yep. up yep and so it's like i think that the narrative is collapsing for different reasons and i think that they're trying to control the spin and i mm-hmm. do think it's going to go back towards um, Climate change.
2: Oh, it always goes back. All
0: roads always lead back. I'm surprised. Like one of my predictions early on, I think in like February of 2020, was that once this stuff starts, February or March, was that when this stuff starts to happen, you're going to start seeing a lot more um, like showing that things are doing better in the environment. You're going to see a lot of evidence of things being better because they started that at first. Mm They're like, look at this waterway. It's normally dirty, but since people aren't working and doing this, look how clean it is and the fish can (laughs) come back. Right. Yeah, no, yeah. And and that happened at first and then it stopped. And so I was a little surprised by that because I thought that would be like the prevailing narrative over the thing. I was like, look at how we've helped global warming or whatever. But it didn't happen. I was surprised by that because it started and then it stopped.
2: They did that a little. They probably couldn't continue to prove it over time because they continued. See, they were doing a bunch of shit while we were all shut down. So they were out building a bunch of shit while everybody everybody was shut down. And and another thing about climate change is it's an unsolvable problem the way that they present the problem. So they present it. In, in in this way that you can't ever completely solve it, which they do that on purpose, mm-hmm. because if you presented the public with solvable problems and then you did not actually solve them, then people would be like, what the fuck? You'd lose your power. So it has to be something that cannot ever actually be achieved so that they can continue to shift the goalpost and, and kind of rearrange it but yet still use it to drive fear in people. And I think they're trying to make that climate change fear more remote. I I think that's where we're headed because people, it's hard to care about climate change unless you feel it personally. They want people to feel it personally. Yes.
1: There is a very specific example of this that I saw personally having to do with these certain kind of cranes in Florida. And it has been the claim since like 2013 that the numbers of these cranes are dropping. They're going to be extinct soon. They're going to be extinct. And you have a study coming out every year. Every single year since two thousand thirteen, monitoring the numbers of these cranes. In twenty eighteen, they showed a significant jump in their population, and not one population count has been done since then. <laughs> that like we don't want to show yeah. that their populations are growing because that doesn't yeah. coincide with our narrative.
0: Right. Well, and so like the the COVID was the newest myth, and I don't I'm, I'm not using that word in the common vulgar way of oh this is a not true thing that people are pushing but in like mythology yeah like covid was the newest myth and it was a strong myth that they could push because they could have oh well these people are dying here these numbers etc but mm-hmm. climate change is there is to the left what abortion is to the right mm-hmm. it's the boogeyman that they fight but the moment they have the the chance to change it or take care of it they're not going to because they lose their funding they lose their 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 fear-based votes. They lose all of that. And so I was thinking about this because, I mean, what? And when was it? What year was it where, like, the Republicans controlled everything and Rand talked about it and then they yep. were like, hey, screw when you. Trump,
1: when yeah. Trump got into office, when yeah. Trump first got into office, and in, it was 2017, they had the House, the Senate, and the presidency. And Rand Paul said, hey, guys, are we going to do this abortion thing? And they said, hell no. Nah. Yeah. They don't want to do it because yeah, that's yeah, their yeah, rallying yeah, flag.
2: Yeah. A perfect example of that is Stacey Abrams when she was in college. So there was a bipartisan effort to get rid of the Confederate flag off of the Georgia flag. This was back in like 1992 or 93. And Stacey Abrams went to Spelman. And Stacey Abrams was an activist. You can go back and look at the newspapers. I exposed a lot of this on WSB. And we totally got shut down by the mainstream media. They said that it emerged, you know on somewhere on social media we didn't even get credit for it and they immediately spun it as soon as we released this like i i, I found a video of her mom talking about her burning the flag on the Capitol, and i sat on it for three weeks because we didn't have a show because uga football which everybody loves that right. right. hurts a little bit um and tech's terrible uh, so <laughs> oh, we were we three weeks and i monitored the trends and nobody was talking about this the second we fucking played this wow. clip within the hour on the show, the New York Times, Stacey Abrams campaign, they're all saying, well, this footage emerged, this audio emerged from social media. And it fucking emerged from social media. And they spun it to make it look like she was a civil rights hero who got the Confederate flag removed from the Georgia flag, which she did not. No. Bipartisan effort. And there was a Democrat governor at the time. And there was a black police chief at the time who all Mm -hmm. wanted it removed. And they were making steps to remove it. And then her, group, her activist group, and Saul Alinsky talks about this. You find an issue, you make it your issue, and yep. you fucking drive that issue, and that must <laughs> be your issue. So this would have limit eliminated her issue. So what she did was she went to the steps of the Georgia Capitol, despite the fact that it was already happening, and she burned the Georgia flag. And The governor at the time begged her and her group to stop doing that. Please stop. You're going to sabotage the effort. You're going to draw out radical KKK members from the other side, and the whole thing is going to fucking get sabotaged. And it did. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, he blamed her fucking group, which advocated the use of violence. She was one of the people who led the marches during the uh, Rodney King riots at her school. In the aftermath, she said she it was peaceful, but none of it was peaceful if you go back to it. And the group that she started, you can fucking find it in the AJC, she started, they advocated the use of violence. She sabotaged the effort to remove that fucking symbol because that was an issue that she could gain political power off of, and she has continued to gain political power off of issues like that ever since. And that's what they do. They fucking make the issues worse and worse and worse. They never solve them because they need those fucking issues. Mm -hmm. Well, and not to
0: mention if they were honest if they actually cared about the environment and and looked at things and said, okay, so what can we change? Do you know who the biggest polluter in the world is? Stacey? The the U.S. military, I believe.
1: The
0: the U.S. military, the United States of America, the U.S. government. So if they were serious about this, they would be looking into these things and mentioning this, but they don't. They make it out to be the SUVs. They make it out to be your freaking air conditioner yeah
1: their climate change legislation if you actually look at the legislation which they have to publish um specifically omits the u.s military (laughs) as far as any of these legal efforts will go
3: yeah and
1: then um the epa itself is one of the larger polluters in the united states their cleanup efforts result in disasters far more often than you have like they, they make it out like unregulated companies are just dumping shit into the water. All these and mom and pop eaten.
2: companies are ruining right. the environment. Right, right.
1: When it's right. the EPA, um, a lot of times in their so-called cleanup efforts that will, for example, in the Colorado River in 2015, they went into the, uh, the, the King Gold Mine, I think it was called, in an attempt to clean up the waste there and ended up releasing millions of gallons of contaminated toxic wastewater into the Colorado river to this day in 2022, that river is still polluted because of the EPA. And so, and
2: and they, so, I mean, that, that just perfectly illustrates that it's not about actually fucking solving the problems. It's it's about using the issue to organize people, to fundraise and to shape the world the way they, they want to shape it using fear. They, They, so like, fuck i just lost my train of thought it was right on that somebody else pick up and uh it'll come back to me speaking
1: of wastewater i will be right back
2: (laughs) yes gross yeah Uh (laughs) yeah it is interesting do they so i think uh what i was thinking was in this past couple of years we've had and this has been interesting to watch because i'm not quite sure where where it's going but there's been this revelation of the method so people have become more and more aware of the manipula- manipulation tactics and of the ways that they use to try and fucking con people like the false flag narrative going on with Russia right now they're openly talking yeah. about Russia's is going to do a false flag they're gonna have crisis actors and you got this guy did from you see AP. that clip yeah i did and um, and he did it twice monica said something too the other day she's like why is this happening again and she's right so it happens one time but why would they let that person do that again So we've been saying stuff like this for years and we get our videos taken off. We get censored. This guy says it once. Okay, one time maybe somebody says it, but why would they allow him to come in there and do it again unless they want the public to see it? So they obviously want the public to see this. They want the public to be aware of this. The question is, why do they want the public to be aware of this? What are they trying to do? Are are they trying to just reveal the method of all of this or, or are they trying to put it out there to see what they can put out there and then still what people will believe will people still continue to separate it can can you say hey look false flags crisis actors are crazy conspiracy theory bullshit that only alex jones and racist nazi motherfuckers who want to kill your children do okay and you should fucking run away and call the fbi tip line anytime you fucking think anybody's like that and then the next day say russia is about to do a false flag crisis actor bullshit just like alex jones better believe us and right. do what? Are they trying to see if they can fucking separate people's minds, split people's minds down the fucking middle? They could just be testing mind control tactics because that's what this is. This is fucking mind control.
0: It makes me wonder if. Uh, so, do you remember? I don't remember what year it was. Maybe twenty fourteen ish, twenty sixteen. I don't remember. But when Obama was in office and. He wanted to go to th- Syria. He put down his red line of what Bashar al-Assad could do before he yeah. started the a deterrent. war in Syria. Call it. Yeah. Right, and then the public, according to the narrative, essentially backed them down because they didn't want to go to war in Syria. Right. And it makes me wonder, are these little happenings where they look incompetent and they, they, they show it this way, like, oh, well, obviously we shouldn't do this because it's wrong. Is this because Joe Biden wants to look strong in mobilizing troops, but he wants the backlash so they doesn't actually have to go to war with Russia and lose and look like an asshole.
2: That's a possibility. I, I, I think that part of this is America being just absorbed into the international NATO community. Ameri- the, the America brand, the name America, fading away from that. A- yeah. And I, I, the more and more we defer to that, the more and more we say... There, there was a think tank panel discussion that we deconstructed where a CNN, of course, a CNN guy is hosting a think tank with a bunch of former CIA agents at the Council on Foreign Relations. It's very unbiased material you're looking at here with these fucking assholes. And the question that he asked was, with these domestic terrorists, and the whole thing was about fucking domestic terror, January 6th, all that bullshit. With these domestic terrorists and the threat of domestic, domestic terror being one of the main things, the, the top fears in 2022, is there a possibility that we're going to reach out to NATO and send in troops from NATO to help us wrangle these domestic terrorists who were at January Mm. 6th, who questioned the vaccine, who put their mask on their chin? Because that's the people they're talking about. And they make it very clear that that's who they're talking about. And they were literally asking, are we going to bring in global forces to fight domestic terror? And are we going to take away their rights the way we take away the rights of foreign terrorists? And and to me, not only is that a, a signaling of they're trying to make trumpism or, or QAnon, anon did not the nazi of our generation like mm-hmm. you know fast forward 50 years they had it their way QAnon would be the same as nazis and anybody who didn't wear a mask right would be in that category i don't think it's going to play out that way but that's what they would want and, and so I, I think that's america fading away giving you know making it look like china is taking over whether or not you know I think it's all fucking game, too. I think that the shit that we see in here is total. I think we're about three or four layers from the actual, from even getting close to what the actual truth is. But I think for the game they're playing, I think the image of America as a world leader is going to be um, taken away. I think it's going to be given to China.
1: It very much was already the case when Putin is having a meeting with Russia, or I'm sorry, Russia is having a meeting with France and with Germany and not the United States. Right. Like they're already having talks where our country is being excluded from that because can you imagine bringing Joe Biden into that situation? What <laughs> does God. he have to add?
2: I would love to see that conversation, like really see it, not in a controlled way, the way that they present it to us. You're, you're exactly right. And, and it's like, it almost seems like they're making us look like fools, Too it's like it's too obvious. They're making the whole false flag thing that the fact that they say false flags are bogus bullshit and then rush is doing, it, it seems just like it's too in our face to me. It seems like a trip. Yeah. And Floyd Ray train? Roseberry.
0: Do you remember that name?
3: Mm-mm.
0: Or have you forgotten uh, he was the guy who was outside of
2: Capitol Hill and he did the bomb threat in the van. Oh, right. The That's the guy who was driving and doing the live stream. And he was like, he was like, Joe, you can stop this. You can stop this. Call me, Joe, you stop I, I'm on, yeah, is a total redneck bumpkin. That was a total setup. I do remember that. And he so, from the Library of Congress, right? Yeah. I
1: do not believe that he was from the South or southern because he intermingled the accents of four different states in his supposed right. country bumpkin accent. Like, if you're from Tennessee, you sound a certain way. If you're from Georgia, you sound a certain way. Not a lot of people can pick up the differences between that kind of thing, but I can. It's yeah, like people it's who can Georgia's read music, can I can hear it. Hell
2: yeah. Right. I <laughs> hear the
1: difference between Texas and Georgia. I know that, like, the back of my hand. He intermingled four different states in his so called accent that he was completely was putting so on perfect. as an act.
2: It's just bullshit. Yeah. And, 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 and and he, he, like, oh, John Malkovich on a Zoom filter to me is what he looked like. They
0: also gave three names rather than just two two names and so like when you see that you know that there's some fishy stuff going on like if you see three names i mean they don't call ted kaczynski by his whole name they call him ted kaczynski
1: here's a two-namer for you ray epps ray epps who is uh present throughout all of the january 6th, um instigating telling people we need to break this window we need to tear down this fence we need to they're hiding that we need to attack yeah When they front load
0: people, it's three names.
1: When he when he was exposed, and they're asking, we have uh, members of Congress directly asking the State Department directly asking these agencies, does this man work for you? The answer is not no. It's not a simple no, he doesn't. It's a I can't answer that question.
2: Right. Excuse me? No, it's totally bullshit. (laughs) We we have clips of people at the Council on Foreign Relations. It was either the Council on Foreign Relations or Brookings Institute talking about how there were uh, black ops CIA agent, black ops propaganda agents. It's, It's a terminology they use that had infiltrated the QAnon groups on January 6th. (laughs) <laughs> for the purpose of causing division and stirring shit like they they say that openly in one of their panel discussions. was always
0: a freaking spook
1: yeah totally. always the whole like, time
0: the first time i heard about it i was like this this is a spook this isn't real i mean this is this is the classic way of convincing some people that something's happening Gamifying it so that it's like playing oh, yeah. a game and you're finding yeah, clues. You're wasting your time. You're you're saying things that are insane, like who what what uh what's his name? Um the guy who shot Hanks. up pizza parlor, or oh, Tom Hanks. Right. What a Tom Hanks showed. Oh. he's apparently already dead, along with a bunch of other people, and they're right. just right like they Leonardo
1: DiCaprio was arrested or something right. like they're that. They're gonna yeah. be
0: executed and yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's gonna be executed and put on trial, and it's it's as spooky to me as the sudden uprise of flat earth people. Yeah. Because I think yeah. that that, I, I genuinely believe that the flat earth theory coming back was purely a way to demonize people who question the narrative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause they're like, Oh, you're like those flat earthers. Yeah.
2: yeah. So with Q on what I found interesting is so QAnon people, they gamified. You're absolutely right. They made a, a hunt for clues, and then there was a lot of truth in, in the theories that were presented. But those theories yeah. were put in there like so the that they could then they could discredit it. So at anytime somebody brought up a legitimate theory, they'd say, "Oh, this is some QAnon bullshit," and they could mm-hmm. all, you know clump it all together and dismiss it. Well, I just thought it was hilarious. And I think their bullshit is hilarious, the way that they – it's it's terrible, but it also – it's like, oh, this is so fucking obvious. So the sedition hunters, you're familiar with the sedition hunters, right?
0: Yeah, that's like These, an online group, right? Like This the, the is people... a very
2: noble online group who searched for clues on people's Facebook pages and, and went on a witch hunt to try and find people who were at January 6th, and then they would call the FBI, and, and they would – tipped them off to people, and people ultimately got arrested. So these people were doing the exact same gamified shit that QAnon was doing. They I, were searching online for fucking clues to try and fucking out people who were associated with something they said was bad, yet they were fucking glorified by the fucking FBI and the media, and the FBI asked for their fucking help.
0: I, I just had a realization as you were talking about that. You can tell me if it's stupid, but do you remember last year, year i think sometime before the or maybe is the year before i can't remember exactly what the timeline was but there was a netflix series that came out i think it's predictive programming but it's the netflix series don't Fuck with cats
2: yeah yeah i remember that because it
0: which is like the story the story of luca magnata is disgusting and horrifying
2: what what is that whole
0: story i haven't actually seen that series okay so Go ahead. Luca Magnata was like this weird gay, bisexual, poly model. And he wanted to make it big. And he kept trying to make it big. He didn't make it big. And so what he started doing was these horrible, evil things that serial killers do. He got kittens and he got one of those. Not too much um, detail.
1: We don't need too much detail. He he did horrible things to cats. He killed
0: the kittens in videos. And he also did, did it a different way as well. And then he finally graduated to killing a man, dismembering him, eating him and stuff on video as well. But before that even happened, every
1: part of the Buffalo,
0: but we they there are people online in a Facebook group who decided they wanted to find out who it is. There's also several Facebook groups that are true crime people who web detectives or something. But they made yeah. this show of these people who were so offended by the cat video that they f- they were the ones who essentially figured out who Luca Magnata was mm-hmm. and turned him into the police. Crowdsourcing. Yeah. Exactly. And so Red, you have Red that. Reddit Bureau
1: of Investigation, which the yeah. FBI actually physically turns to for cold cases. Yep. But I'm sorry, yep. go ahead.
0: <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying, I think that that was predictive programming. I think that that was to lead to the insurrection hunters. That was to lead to what happened with Brian Laundrie. Yeah, that, that, used to fucking that
2: Brian Laundry shit. Yeah, I used to, on our show, I'd be like, this is fucking showing the fucking crowdsource model of investigation. It, it's yeah. showing it's a test of its effectiveness. But I think, yeah. I think that that Netflix documentary was specifically <clears throat> placed when
0: it was, where it was so that people would watch it and be inspired to do the same thing for, so like
1: a Soviet so era, we're all going to tell on each other. We're all going to, yeah, yeah, right. Absolutely.
0: I got you. Okay. So it's it, it's yeah. like there, there, there have been different times within history and I can't give you many, maybe Brad can, but there are these ideas that come up in movies or TV that then it happens. Mm-hmm. In real life, like one mm-hmm. of the one of the examples that I I don't know if it's actually particularly true, but if you look at, um, I think it's Neo's passport or um, ID on um, on in the Matrix, it, his expiration date is 9-11-2001. Oh, and, so yeah. like oh, the, right. wow. and so between that, I mean, that one, I think that might just be that's just a thing. But there, are, there have been different times in movies where things have been shown or explained or, mm-hmm. you know, fleshed well, was out in X- some The X-Files way.
2: spinoff series where they had the, the pilot episode, which might have been the only episode they did, The Lone Gunman, where they averted a disaster. They, they stopped a plane from crashing into the World Trade Center narrowly right. they stopped it and oh, they yep. absolutely do that that, that stuff way. there we did a covered story just last week where the World economic Forum they had published our an article where they were talking about how the I can't remember what the phrase was oh they always have these stupid phrases they come up with which is just a description of something they've been doing for a long long time but it, the whole article was about how They need to make these people who are are cultural creators who are basically film directors, actors, whatever they need to be a a staple at, these meetings with world leaders, with business leaders, and international leaders around the world—they don't just need to be coming into the World Economic Forum or Davos or Bilderberg, or whatever, just to be entertainment. They need to be here to help create the world policy because they have the influence over what people think, believe, the reality that they perceive because of mm-hmm. the art that they create. And they were very, very just overt about: we need these people here to help us do this because they have the influence over the population, and that's okay. that's been the case for a long time. You read. Edward Bernays's old shit, and he—that's—he was like, he was like, you need to be a fucking whisperer into the ear of the fucking director of of major films. I mean, but that's basically what he said. Here's another
0: example, and I think it's somewhat predictive programming, but I think it came a little little bit later. But it's also just a way to train the populace. The TV show Twenty Four. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it's about counter terror. It's about yep. all of these oh. different things. It came. The first episode aired. November 6th, 2001, which meant that it was in production and pre-production and being planned far before that. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so then you have George W. Bush doing his thing and the enhanced interrogation techniques. And then you have Jack Bauer on TV every week, torturing people and terrorists. terrorists. Yeah. And it's like this. And and it's like, as a kid, I love that show. It was so great. I'm sure it's, It's I'm sure it's fun to watch now, but like they were teaching me. not care about enhanced interrogation techniques aka torture to love them actually yeah to to cheer
2: it yeah
1: or even further beyond that that anybody in law enforcement who breaks the law in pursuit of these criminals so the criminals rights don't matter the uh due process of law doesn't matter and the police and the interrogators who subvert them are actually heroes for doing that because the law is just tying them down. And that's the formula for almost any cop show that you'll see where the hero of the show is somebody who will, um, is a loose cannon who kind right. of breaks the rules Violates in order to catch rights the perp. And shit. Totally. Right. Right.
3: Yeah. So what yeah. they don't
1: show, they always show some very guilty person that you have no, um, no hard time hating. And you're like, really? yeah, get that guy. He's a kitten murderer. It get do what you
2: need to do right. to get that guy. Right. And pretty soon. That guy is going to be somebody who questions the election or who You're wears right. the mask on their chin but what you said so you, the show utopia which was on amazon prime it wrapped production the day before event to uh the fucking event the pandemic 201? event yeah wow it, the day fucking before it wrapped production for event 201 well and it's like, like these yeah, people yeah, are like that's it, a fucking coincidence like hell but you know maybe
0: well and it's like with 24 in particular what's interesting about it is they, they also couched their morality in it so they had an excuse as to not be like, oh, hey, we're just promoting torture. Like everyone mm-hmm. was there for the torture. Everyone yeah. cheered when Jack Bauer said he needed a towel because he was going to shove it down a guy's yeah, throat and pull out his stomach lining. People. Yeah. <laughs> right? People people Talk, loved it, awful. but you you have these really... But at the same time, these are good writers. Because mm-hmm. like what, there's a quote from the first season of Jack of 24, I think the first episode, And it's like the show is good because it's this this arc of him realizing this is bad, essentially. But there's a quote and I I think about it every now and then. But it's uh, you can look the other way once and it's no big deal, except it makes it easier for you to compromise the next time. And pretty Mm -hmm. soon that's all you're doing compromising because that's the way you think things are done. You know, those guys I busted. You think they were the bad guys because they weren't they weren't bad guys. They were just like you and me, except they compromised once. Yeah. and so it's like that's great that's brilliant writing it's really good it's a really good concept yeah. across the human experience mm-hmm. not just in this but then you they that writer gets it so
2: it's like that writer right. gets it but yeah no i know what you mean but we're but we're still when he says give me a hacksaw we're like hell yeah he's gonna cut someone's thing like off. He drops a bag with somebody's <laughs> head in it in the middle of ctu <laughs> uh, that, that uh chloe does stand-up comedy around uh, atlanta sometimes yeah, yeah. What's her Just name? Mary Ann R- Rice Cub. Yeah, something like that. She actually started as an, an improv actor, and she's so. But yeah, her she's funny. Favorite. She's she,
0: my my one of my favorite roles. Her husband's her. a
2: libertarian, according to her.
0: Huh. Um, one of my favorite roles from her. That word is, can
1: mean so many things. I know you're think. right. It's changed <laughs> the meaning of
0: it. It's it's very it's very nondescript. Um, but what was it was that I called it like a year or two ago? I said it was a, um. A label w- without distinction uh, so- something yeah. like that like it's it, it means nothing it's been co-op
2: i think it's great it's sense. been too like it's used to be the media can demonize it as radicals and then there's people who it just it's to the point where I, i've never been one i don't like to associate with labels because as soon as you say i'm a yeah. label then people just yep. they react to the stereotype they don't, they don't react to you mm-hmm. and i think they've they kind of co-opted the libertarian label to try to make it something that's not and unloaded terms are so great because you, you, if you use a label,
0: you have your own that you've worked on or one that's not used as much. You get to imbue that with information. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you get to you get to set the ground rules for what that means mm-hmm. rather than someone coming in with preconceived notions. You create
2: that own brand. Yeah, dude. So it's, Homeland, you've seen Homeland, right, uh, on HBO? I, I, I think I watched like a, a season of that okay well that show the only reason i started watching it is this is right before we got kicked off wsb i found an interview with claire danes and she was talking about how after like season two or three the the writers stopped like coming up with anything because every season what they would do is they would go out to Langley they'd go out to CIA headquarters because the show was so popular and the CIA would bring the writers producers and some of the actors into a room and they would tell them what the next season was going to be about i mean she says this in a fucking yeah. interview right yeah they would have sure. a writers workshop where the writers would just do nothing and they would fucking fill in the blanks. Here's what you're going to write about. Here's what the show is going to be about. And yeah. that show was like, people praised it for for being predictive, for for knowing what was going to happen with international policy and stuff. I'm like, that's because the fucking CIA was writing it.
1: A lot, of, time you'll you'll hear, with, uh,
2: a lot of times you'll name?
1: hear on mainstream media, you'll hear someone say, well, our source in the State Department. You don't have a <laughs> yeah. source in the State Department. The State <laughs> Department has a media source and it's you.
0: Yes. Right. Sorry, Cam. Sorry. No, I was just I was just gonna say I've heard a lot of that that um a lot of people stop trusting or liking John Krasinski from the office because he was on Jack Reacher, who was an S F CIA agent, and every time there's something with the CIA in media, the CIA is on set. Yep, yep. The, the, yeah, right.
1: I, I was partic- we were talking about this at dinner, me and my husband tonight, actually, where he's giving a um, like a red carpet interview. And he says something to the effect of, we should all be on our knees thanking the CIA every single day. And I was like, wow, my Jim Halpert boner is gone forever. Like,
0: <sighs> he's so good. Though. On my
1: knees? I don't yeah. think so.
0: Like, I, yeah, I, I, he's say Jack I, I hate Ryan, that. by the way. The Jack Ryan. Jack yeah. Ryan. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I hate that. I hate that about him. But if, if he plays Reed Richards in the Fantastic Four
2: in the MCU, I'm there for that. Like, I'm on board. Yeah, it sucks when there's an actor that is a good actor and you like them, and then you find out that they're in. So Tom Cruise is a really good actor, but he just sucks to crazy motherfucking piece of shit. It's like, Alec Baldwin you know, it's shoots people Alec on Baldwin. set. So, yeah, Alec Baldwin kills <laughs> people on set, then he gets a contract for to narrate a crime drama on, on you know what? fucking... I heart 30 Radio. Rock
1: is still good. I will still watch 30 Rock.
3: No, it, it's still so so good. That, like, <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't that, that show fan.
2: where he does the, what's that show where he's a salesman? He's like, he's a balls. he just fucking, he does a salesman. Oh, uh, Glenn Gary, G- Glenn Ross. Yes. Like it's it's like okay. the best monologue ever. And, and, but he's just, you know, a he's like a shit. piece of trash, you know? So <laughs>
1: it's, it's one of those things where it's like, um you got to separate the art from the artist. Yeah. Um, and Sometimes I, it's I, harder
0: I, than other, I, others. I know it's
1: harder than others. It's a lot easier when they're dead. Um, for example, yeah. um, Jackson Pollock t- killed two teenage girls in a car that he drove drunk off of the side of a cliff. And I he's that was my a favorite. Kennedy. No, no. Well, I mean, it probably was <laughs> yes, too. Also, but I, lo- Kennedy, I love Jackson Pollock's work. I love his paintings. I would own one if I could. And I do not give a shit. David Bowie slept with a fourteen-year-old girl. He's dead. So one of I don't the give members a shit. Of Zeppelin. Right. Like, I, well, I don't um, know if that guy's dead yeah. or not, but he will be soon. And the art and the artist are not the same thing. Once the art leaves the artist, it belongs to who is consuming it. So if I am looking at a painting, there is a private conversation going on between me and that artwork, and the artist is out of it at that point. Yeah. So I definitely believe in the separation. And just to add to this point, because it's kind of important to me, when you have something like a movie or a TV show, and an, one actor in that movie or TV show fucks up, There's also staff members, camera people, hundreds, maybe even thousands of people who put their blood, salt and tears into making this program. So it's not just the creation of that one actor. And you shouldn't throw a movie that's awesome out just because one of the actors in it is a fuck up. Yeah, I
2: agree. It takes a lot to make. Uh, So very bad movie or show. You see the effort that went into making that. It's just extraordinary. It's it's so much effort. It's like R. Kelly is clearly a terrible person. It Trapped oh, yeah. in the Closet's the best weird document <laughs> in miniseries I've ever seen in my life. And I'm a little disappointed. I think that part of the sentence should be he has to finish fucking Trapped in the Closet.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but all I'm saying is when I believe I Can Fly plays on Space Jam, I'm singing along. Like that's <laughs> right. going to that's happen. It. Yeah. And it's but the I think the hardest person for me to well I'll, okay. <laughs> Excuse second me. hardest the hardest person for me to separate I'm talking about hard dude you is is tom hanks <laughs> oh my god i, I, I think, think he's a ter- such a spokesperson for uh, i think he's a terrible person and i can't i can't take i can't i can't but the second hardest person is um what's the guy who played the hulk uh, mark ruffalo mark ruffalo yeah. a terrible
2: he's terrible terrible
0: He's a terrible human. being. But
2: love the Hulk, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Right.
0: But he's the hardest because it's like like
2: Captain America. That guy's insufferable on social media. He's fucking insufferable. I have a theory that he's going to come out as gay. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I have that theory.
1: (laughs) It's not that there's anything wrong with that.
2: (laughs) But he's just like, I love Captain America. But when I hear him tweet, I'm like, God, stop. Stop it. Stop. Doing well, and that. it's like, yeah, I agree. But it's like I'm reading
0: a Captain America, Ed Brubaker's run on Captain America and the Winter Soldier right now. And it's like I think he's a shitty person. And I, I don't I like shut up. Shut up, you scripted actor <laughs> right. about this stupid political stuff. Yeah, but it's like felt- I'm reading that book and I'm like, why doesn't this look just a little bit more like Chris Evans? Right. And, so yeah,
1: you know so
2: I think they go to them though. So in their defense a little bit.
1: The actor is an avatar that the right. writer's work is being acted out through. Mm-hmm. So it's like they're only a, a small fraction, maybe a third of this entire thing
2: yeah. is
1: there they um, they are the the dolly through which this magic right. is being that's not them that's not the you. actor
2: yeah. that's the character right. totally right yeah and I, I think that because they have that influence I, people are, they're going to be surrounded by people who try and influence them and propagandize them to try because right. they know that they have wide influence like the world economic economic forum thing they want to use these people as uh influencers and so right. they don't have time to fucking. i mean acting takes a lot it's a fucking lot of work to do a role if you have a main role in something you are going to be committed, and you're going to, you're not going to be reading the news every day. You're not going to be doing deep dive research. So when you hear things from people around you or people that you trust, you're going to believe them. So in his defense, he's probably surrounded by people who feed him with bullshit all the time. Well, yeah,
0: and I, I, I tweeted the other day that it's better to just assume that you know your favorite actor in Hollywood is a pedophilic monster rather than a hero. Because right. at the end of the day, they're going to do something that's terrible that you hate them for and (laughs) why not just assume that they're doing terrible things and just enjoy the art
2: yeah that's a good point because they you know if everybody took that position then that would take away the power that they have to influence people because you'd just be looking at them for the art that they do instead of their influential power You know, kind of away from that. And then the people who are propagandizing through them would no longer go to them because that's they see these people as mouthpieces and and they seek to fucking put the globalist message into their head that that, something you said made me think. So I was playing this. um, So I I haven't played video games in like 25 years. I recently got a PlayStation five uh i I had an opportunity to get one and my thing how the hell did you get one i i had an opportunity to get one i just i clicked on the fucking thing thinking i wouldn't get it because i know this guy who works at target and he told me when to do it and i ended up being i didn't i was like okay and my thought was if i don't like it, i'll just sell it for like fucking two grand or just send it it to me for free or send it to you (laughs) and so my friends have been trying to get me get me to get one for years because back in the day when we were roommates like ten years ago, they would play, and I'd just get on the headset and talk shit, man. I just fucking talk <laughs> shit to everybody, it, it, so it, it was fun. So it wouldn't be the place so we could do that again. So I got one. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll play. I'll play a little bit. And uh, um, what the fuck was that? What am I even talking about? PlayStation Four? What were <laughs> it, uh,
0: predictive programming? Maybe predictive I don't programming.
2: Know. Predictive programming. We're talking about celebrities. We were talking <clears> about <throat> uh, Tom Cruise. What the fuck? I had a point. Oh, so I'm talking to my friend. We're playing through uh, this PlayStation thing the other day, and we, we we were playing Grand Theft Auto, which is a hilarious game. <laughs> if you have Grand Theft Auto, here's what I suggest. I suggest that there's one of the characters. If you're in that regular mode, I don't think this is the online mode, but you can make them go in slow motion. Go in slow motion, <laughs> then just drive up the sidewalk. It's the funniest thing you'll ever see. In your life. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious and, and, but my friend he started singing th- this 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 buddy of mine he is a huge liberal he he's like hates joe rogan now he, he just buys into all the bullshit and so he starts singing a david allen co song during the game we were playing i'm like are you singing david allen co right now david allen co if you're not familiar has some very good country songs you don't have to call me darlin you never even called me by my name but he's also got some very racist songs, and this guy's singing a racist. And like you are, you are the most fucking progressive mouthpiece, motherfucker, I've ever heard. And you're singing a fucking David Allen Co song this laced with the n word right now through a streaming platform. This is the most hypocrite. What the fuck is yeah. wrong with you? <laughs> what was my question for him, and he's just like, no. He, and he said this. He said it doesn't matter because I'm kidding. But other people aren't fucking kidding. It was maddening I- to me. I I would have killed
1: to be a fly on the wall when you asked him that, just to hear what his response, or at least look at his facial expression when he tried to reconcile with himself that it was okay for him. There's context. Everybody would understand it, but it's not okay for other people. I I have this Joe Rogan thing. I've wondered if this is the the high point, the watermark, because I don't know that they're really going to be able to cancel him even if he did say the N word, it's not like all of his fandom is just going to drop off from listening to him. Most people who are listening to Joe Rogan
2: don't really care about that. They don't care. Like people on the left, like Joe Rogan.
1: And he's not an extreme person on the right. He, and the, the, they put – somebody had tweeted a list that was like, here are the left-wing people Joe Rogan has on, and here are all the right-wing people Joe Rogan has on. And this was supposed <laughs> to be proof that he's a right-wing extremist. Yeah. Well, the problem with that list is that everybody – almost everybody that they put on the right-wing side were people who were centrist. Russell Brand.
2: Russell Brand. Listed, yeah, <laughs> <not a> <laughs> Republican. It's just like –
1: And it really, I mean, it was like, dude, you are not making the point that you think you're making. You're actually making the opposite point, which is that anybody who doesn't completely fly to the left wing is a right wing extremist to y'all.
2: But that's what and they then, want it to be. They want to they want to project that yeah. reality as people like right. Russell Brand, who is not even close to a fucking right winger, no. as being a right winger. They they and they want to make people think that that is what the majority of people feel when it's not. That's just what the media tries to present. That's not what people feel.
1: So, like, is I this think, the high water mark? Is this where we're saying, okay, you know what? No more. We're done. If he said the N word uh, ten years ago, no one gives a shit. Like they, 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 they really even, don't. They put out an article about him saying he 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 made fun of a disabled child twenty years ago. I was so like, yeah, I don't care. But
2: Doesn't so they they collect all these clips and whatever of people for this purpose and this company that put it together. You can't find out like who the name is behind. It. You can find out who they're connected to, but you don't see exactly who it is that put it together. But it's funded by right. these liberal or, or organizations, and, and they 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 want to try and smear people, but I don't think it's working. So the, this. Think Tank uh, that we're going to be deconstructing tomorrow on Rockfin. They do what? You're talking about Midas Touch? Yes, that's who they're connected to, the group is that uh, made this video. Yeah, so this Think Tank is talking about this. They bring up Joe Rogan. They bring up how Spotify is horrible for not not getting rid of him and all this. And these are fucking people who everything, they they talk about everything in war metaphors. Everything's a Mm -hmm, fucking mm -hmm. war metaphor to these people. And they're all connected to the World Economic Forum, the Council on Foreign Relations. And... In this think tank, and this think tank has very few views, doesn't have many views on the video. So, if you'd see this on a mainstream thing, you might think, What's the problem? Why are they telling us this? But this is something that hasn't been seen by many people. And they're talking about how they're losing. Yeah. They're talking yeah. about how the fucking other side, the people they're trying to fight against, the disinformation, the Joe Rogan's are winning and that they need to figure out what to do.
1: When that video came out and they were accusing him of being the king of disinformation, the guest he had on that day was a soil expert. This (laughs) is the dangerous information that Joe Rogan is putting out into the world. Sorry. I don't know how
2: anybody can, if anybody's seen the the Sanjay Gupta interview Mm -hmm. that is a liberal and then watch Sanjay Gupta go on Don Lemon's show, who is currently about to be in court for sexual harassment charges, can then continue to think that like Joe Rogan is horrible (laughs) and that Sanjay Gupta and and CNN and whoever are, are... correct on this it's, it's just it's it's like a test in in uh emotionally driven political tribalism because when it comes to the evidence and the facts and information it's beyond it's gone. I mean, it's so exceedingly clear that the leftist, the progressive bullshit is total bullshit. Mm-hmm. Joe Rogan's not a racist, that the mass shit, it's okay to question it. But the, they, they've gotten people to look at the face of all this evidence, of all this rational questions and stuff like that, and still say so-and-so's a racist, so-and-so's a Nazi. What they're able to identify by doing that is even though it's a small group of the population, they're able to identify the radicals that they can fucking get to do shit with.
1: And they shot themselves in the foot immediately with that because as soon as that joe rogan video hit an anna kasparian video with the exact same format (laughs) of her saying yeah and saying the n-word over and over and over again came out and immediately (laughs) yeah immediately the left went but the context is like oh so context does matter and then also yeah, look up the Anna Kasparian N-word video. It's brilliant. It's the exact same format as the Joe Rogan one. And they've got Joe Biden dead to rights saying the N-word twice in a congressional hearing. Oh, but the context. Oh, oh, oh. I thought there never was context. And that's the entire thing you're pitting on Joe Rogan, that yeah. there's never any context. Well. So, so yeah.
0: do you know who Dave Portnoy is? Yeah. Barstool sports, Barstool Sports yes. guy. So... um the the guy i think i don't know if it's meat Mid- touch or midas touch but there are these three brothers and it's it they're funded uh it's a super pack a demo- democrat super pack and what they do is they try and they try to cancel people and they're at the head of trying to cancel joe rogan mm-hmm. and so they've also done this to dave portnoy in the past and so he had all three of these brothers on his show and they're trying to make their case or whatever And he goes, and he says, uh, well, and you should look it up. Midas or Midas is spelled M-E-I-D-A-S, touch. Touch is spelled the normal way. Um, But he has them on the show, and he goes, okay, so I have definitive proof that one of you used the N-word in a private uh, conversation one time over text message. I have that right now. Uh, And so they were like, well, that's a lie. He goes, why would I lie about that? And he was like, I think you're capable of lying about that right now. And he's like, it's one of you. Um, it's one of your fiance's named and insert woman's name here. And the guy in the top, I think he's the top left corner. Like, you can tell he's like he's oh, nervous sh- as fuck. That's great. Because at some point he texted <sighs> the N word to someone and he got
3: caught.
0: Of course he did. And it's beautiful. And so it, uh, I, Caleb Hull tweeted out the video um at caleb j hull but it's uh man portnoy just i <laughs> love I, I mean he's probably not a nice guy but holy crap every time i see him in a tiktok i'm like i like this guy
2: you know and, and whoever it was that texted the n-word not knowing anything else about him, that doesn't mean that they're racist that they text nope. right the no nope.
3: but
0: right. that's
2: what they want so they want to use this as some racial you know uh meter that you can determine and that people are racist with. but it was total i find it like bullshit
1: I find it very very interesting that I have heard the n-word more times in the last week said yes. on every corner of <laughs> the CNN. globe. All of everywhere. I mean like I'm hearing the n-word all of the time now more than I've heard it ever like the past 5 years combined. You, you
2: because- see Ryan Shelter so- play the clip going just shameful. fuck I know he's a <laughs> fucking propagandist, but he's so full <laughs> like he's, he's so full dumb. of fucking shit these people they they I, I, I'm I'm starting to get convinced that the only reason people like Brian Stelcher and these other fucks are there, like what's his name Acosta, are, are to get people like us to hate watch them. Because I don't know, there's a very small sect of the public who's like, yeah, Acosta, Brian Stelter. Who the fuck is a Brian Stelcher fan? I, I, I mean, the guy's the not piece his shit. wife, not, not at all. No. <laughs> and that's when the tears came. Yes, um, But that's
0: like but- the, the 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 best part of that video, though. If you watch it is as he's bringing this up, they're going, there's no context. There's no context. Anyone should ever say this. And then, oh, it's beautiful. Oh, it's just, mm." like, watch that video. Yeah,
2: no, I'm going to watch it. Rogan's a good target too, because so comedians, what they, what their job to do is to push the boundaries of what is acceptable. So you go back Mm -hmm. in time and Saul Alinsky actually talks about taking shit out of context and stuff like that. When you read this, you can fucking frame anybody for anything. You take shit out of context. But comedians, they stretch the bounds of what's acceptable in culture at that time. And we know nothing about the – nobody gives a wider cultural perspective or whatever of anything really in these days. They just look for things that are out of context. But I knew comedians back in the day who – in fact, almost every comedian that I've known – at some point not everyone but but a lot of them have at one point i've seen them say the n-word on stage there was this one group who was who right now in fact i know that they are they're, they're very very liberal they're very, very pro-vaccine, and they might, e- might, may or may not even receive some sort of uh, funding for shit uh, uh, because of their pro-vaccine stance and what they're willing to do for it to spread propaganda. I- I've seen them in warm-up, improv warm-ups, and on stage when they were new, newer performers. I've seen them say the N-word relentlessly because it was shot yep. comedy with yep. black people on stage. The only people not saying it on stage were the, were the N-word. I-, I remember watching it going, uh, okay, <laughs> it's a little far for it's not because they were just it was new new improvisers say the fucking raunchiest fucking shit you've ever seen in your life and the whole idea of improv is no judgment no judgment because you have to fucking go crazy to to learn how to get good at improv to learn to find that boundary and and in warmups especially when you do warm-ups it's just no judgment. You got to let your mind go free. You do word associations. You hear the dirtiest, raunchiest, fucking horrible shit in warm ups. And so these people who I've heard say the most horrible shit ever, I mean, that would just totally get them canceled, ruin their lives if it were ever yeah. public, are, are the biggest advocates for canceling fucking Joe Rogan and others. That's right. So, right it's That's just right. fucking crazy. And um, I have, oh,
1: sorry. Cam, were you about to say something? I've interrupted you like six times in a row, so I'm trying not to do it again. Um, I have a friend who comes from Romania, and she was there during the Ceausescu era, communism. Like, she straight up lived that life. She's here now here in the United States, and we were talking about comedy, and the comedy that she sees on television, she does not understand. And one of the things she said is, like, it's so, like, off the wall things that people would never do or say in public. I was like that's why we find it funny because it is something we could never say and we could never do. You might think you want to say something like that in public but you know that you shouldn't and that's why we're laughing at it. And so that's you know unique to our culture as far as our comedy goes. So now we've hit up against this brick wall where what makes us laugh uniquely as Americans is being like forbidden from us. We can't push a boundary anymore. These are the these are the lines and you're not allowed to cross them. Well, what's funny is crossing them. That's why the N word is funny. It's not funny because you're making fun of black people. It's funny because you're not supposed to say it. It's forbidden. It's yeah. forbidden. That's exactly. And it's not always
0: it, funny. It's like there are people it's on Twitter funny. fucking cringe and, most of the time. Yeah, the time. Right. yeah. on Twitter <laughs> yeah. and on other podcasts, who expect me to laugh anytime they say it. And I'm just like, okay. you're just
2: a little sad, bald, white dude. It's Why would I shot, laugh if you, know? you said this? Right, and and if if it's said in a way where it's fucking. So Joe Rogan was repeating an album for the, uh, Richard Pryor. He, he was according to him he he was just. He was saying things that other people said, which is the same thing that happened to the Papa John's guy. He was repeating what others had said. The Papa John's guy was right. set up by by a company that had been bought out by Hillary that Clinton so donors bad. from Hollywood without him yeah. realizing it. And they set him up in a, a crisis communication training session. Um, yeah. it was, it, that's an extraordinary story if you, if you haven't looked into it. Um, but they set people up and you know, it, it's interesting to see pe- a lot of black people come out and de- defend Joe Rogan and say he's not mm-hmm. racist. It, it, this idea that if somebody had said that word in the past and their own on video, that makes them racist. I wonder how many people have fucking CNN. have been caught on video <laughs> at some point in time saying the most racist fucking shit ever. Probably yes. a whole bunch and, of fucking And people. meaning
1: it. And they mean it because right. when you're saying it secretly and you don't want anybody to hear it, that's because you mean that shit. Yeah. As opposed to popping off at right. jokes yeah, with your yeah, friends. Yeah, yeah. Totally different context there. My, at relapse, my I'm not going to name names because I'm sure this person would not want me to make them responsible for the joke that they told. But one of the, my favorite open mic stand-ups did one of the. About. Do you know what you're talk, I'm talking about? I know about? exactly what
2: you're talking about.
1: Every, every time he did an open mic, he told the same rape joke. And yep. that shit was funny <laughs> every time.
3: Surprise, surprise sex. sex. Yeah. 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 No,
1: I laughed every time, and like I, I am like maybe honor bound as a woman to be offended by that, but I wasn't. It was hilarious because yeah, it was
2: funny. Uh, it's the, the,
1: obvious that it's not well, how he thinks. That's obvious that that. No, not he's his not a ideology. fucking he, He's just right? making
2: like it, it's, and that's what you see at open mics, which, which is. Yeah, I haven't been to an open mic in a long time. Uh, I just I can't I imagine been, they're good right now. I, I don't know what they're like right now, but I I can imagine it's probably real sensitive. People are probably afraid. Probably a lot of self censorship. But open mics are are at least they used to be just such a wonderful thing because you. Yes. I, I I used to be at them all the time when I first started doing comedy for hours and hours because there'd be like thirty comedians, and, and mind you, there's only audience members for a small portion of the time. So these are people really like just working on shit in front of little bit of audience, a little right. bit of comedians, and they're they're just fucking around. They're just trying to figure yeah. out what they can do and what they can't do. Things in their mind they thought sounded funny because uh uh, uh you, know, you take words out of context, you you just juxtapose stuff. It's not people who are fucking KKK members coming out saying I'm gonna right. fucking do this. It's nothing, it's nothing fucking like that. There's no I'm clan a grand dragon and I'm here to to laugh. the fucking open mic night. There's this guy who, <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. There's this guy who used to do this joke. And rest his soul, he was one of the sweetest fucking people I've ever known in my life. God bless him. He died a couple of years ago. He's a fucking great person. Just one of the best people I had ever met in my life. I'm sure you probably came across of him at some point in time. But he used to do this joke simply because of the boundaries that it crossed where he would get on stage and he would say the N word and the F word. The F word mm-hmm. being the related to gay people or right. cigarette, depending the on the gay F word. Right. Yeah. So he'd say N word, F word, N word, F word. And then you say to the audience, all right, I, I'm going to say N word. You're going to say F word. And he, he'd say N word and then he'd hold the microphone and, and and the whole audience at the time would shout out the F word. Right. Yeah. So everybody in the audience is shouting that out. And today that I remember this happen. bit, the whole yeah. fucking audience shouted that out. And then he'd switch it and he'd go, now I'm going to say the F word and you say the N word he's making a point. And he'd yep. say the F word and then he'd hold the microphone out. Silence.
1: Yep. I was there for that. I mean, I'm sure he did it multiple times, but I've
0: oh, been there yeah, for I'd that that i yeah. be that one guy in the crowd. You have to
1: understand <laughs> we we lived in Atlanta. Like, I don't know. You could say the F word. You can't say the N word. It's just I, different. Yeah,
0: totally. I just want to say this was my favorite t- tweet of mine from th- this week. Uh, hear me out. It'll be like the Avengers, but instead of superpowers, and it's uh, Kramer, Joe Rogan,
2: Paula Deen, and Papa John. Oh my god! <laughs> right. Did, did you see to- the actress from Westworld who made the video on the first day of Black History Month? <clears throat> the she's the light-skinned African American actress. Her dad is white. Her mom is black. Candy and Newton. Br- yes, that's her. Where she's, she's crying. Beautiful. Yes, and she's crying. Yeah, I that, uh, and, and she's saying. I'm so sorry they cast me over darker you darker females. My mom looks like you. Like, like I mean, that's oh a stunt. God. That's that's definitely a stunt. But just that that message that it, it's, it's this intersectionality on steroids. So, so, like, you're supposed to hate half of yourself if you're interracial yeah, during it is Black history.
0: Wild that they have talked people into hating themselves. <laughs> right. Obama like, should
2: be coming out speaking for that. That's just wild
0: to me. But you know what I was thinking? I was thinking this is a Valentine's Day episode. Well, it's one of two Valentine's Day. I episodes I could kiss you through doing. the
2: screen, dude.
0: I mean, if you if you could, <laughs> I would. Um, but I thought maybe we should field some some Valentine's Day and love talk. So I just I just want to really get into the
2: soul of Brad Lee Binkley. Oh, I thought we were gonna read a a, a Stacey Abrams or Selena Montgomery romance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no I've got, I don't want to.
1: That queued up for later.
0: No, I don't want a boner on screen. Um, (laughs) But no, I was like, what can can make this a Valentine's Day episode? And so I would like you to describe in excruciating detail your first kiss.
2: All right. right, So I'm surrounded by six or seven prostitutes. I'm 12 years old. (laughs) I'm in the middle of a dumpster. That's a no. All right. So that's my second kiss. kiss. That's my second kiss. <laughs> my my first kiss, and it, it's uh the details of it, they I don't know how many of <laughs> these I remember, but I was like I was like 12, I think, or eleven. It's probably eleven. And we were we were playing spin the bottle, and uh, there's a girl that I liked, and it, it landed on me, and we kissed, and I had like a feeling I'd never felt before because I liked her and, and she liked me as well. And it, it was, um, it really is like magic when you're a kid. Things are very different when you're a kid yeah. and when you're older because you're experiencing things for the first time. And so that a memory burns into my mind, and, and I, I'll never forget it. It, it. It's just you feel like you're you're walking on water after it happens. Yeah. But so nervous, I was very very nervous. I I, I thought that I was stupid and that uh, she didn't like me, but uh, she did, and I, I liked her. And we kissed, and I, I probably fucked it up, I'm sure. But I went home, and I was just like, oh, my God, that was amazing. I want to do it again. And um, we never went out until uh, we were in college. We, we we dated a little bit, but years later, Aww. we went out. So it was cool. she was a cool girl. She's a nice girl. I hope she's doing well. But that was my. How could she here.
1: not like you? You're a beautiful boy. Oh, beautiful, Stop
2: boy. It. Yeah. Stop it. beautiful boy. Beautiful um, boy. Count on no. me to
1: be your Jewish mother. So
0: <laughs> I love it. I think that first kisses in early adolescence are like definitely going to be better than late adolescence because I didn't. There, there was like one girl that I actually liked it all when I was a teenager, and so I had waited. And so the first time I kissed a girl, and you can make fun of me if you want, was when I was 18 years old, because I didn't like anyone enough, and like I'm very I'm very guarded physically. Like my one of like my primary love language is touch, and so it's like for me you have to hit a certain point before I hug you. Like I would hug the hell out of you, Binkley, um, but I just waited. And so I remember that my first kiss was on my front porch on the porch swing. Very pretty girl, like very pretty girl but it was like i had put this thing in my mind as to what it would be for years yeah for years and it was colder than i expected and i was just like well that was slightly gross
3: <laughs> but but
0: then i was like You're let's like, do it again yeah <laughs> i liked yeah. that a lot but it was it was so bizarre because i remember being like
2: it was this is a sensation you never like
0: before." yeah yeah but then i was like let's do it again but no, it's, it's, it's wild because it's like, I, I remember that I'll never forget it. I was older, but it's like, that was the person. I, th- I think that that's the person you remember the most. Yeah. It, it could be the first time you fall in love or whatever. But I think the first person you kiss, you never forget. And it, yeah. like, it ingrains in your brain for the rest of your life.
2: Cause there's like, like a buildup to, to it too. Her. You know, you see it on TVs and movies and stuff like that. And so there's an expectation of what it's supposed to be like. like I got my second kiss. Well, at least it was going to be my second kiss. It didn't work out the way I planned. So I knocked on the door and she opened it. And so I opened up the pizza box and had a sausage pizza ready for her. And she shut the door <laughs> on me promptly. And I was like, I Aww. guess, I, you know, she had to put the to pizza. shut up the pizza.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. For some reason, women don't expect Irish sausage.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. So that's what kids learn today is so they learn the, uh, you know, stick your. Dick to a hole in the bottom of a pizza box and go bring him a sausage pizza. (laughs) Can we just talk briefly about how Lonely
0: Islands, Dick in a Box is one of the best songs That's that was great. ever. Written. Lonely Islands got a lot of good stuff, a lot of funny
2: stuff. <laughs> See, so, so people like that, I can't imagine. Maybe publicly, they might take a position that supports the progressive agenda or whatever, but I can't imagine people who make songs like that. A great album, Lonely Islands, great man. Those guys are yeah. funny. I can't yeah. imagine people like that being on the being against Joe Rogan. Or, or I just can't. Uh, maybe publicly, well, and, but, and yeah.
0: I think there are a lot of people. Like I don't know if you saw this on Twitter. The Rock came out in defense of Joe Rogan, and then he was sent the N word video and he backstepped. I think that there are a lot of people who have, I mean, I think it's true no matter what, but there are a lot of people out there who like Joe or like what he does. Or, I mean, like, I, I don't, we don't emulate Joe Rogan on this show, except that I, when I, reformatted a while back by the way it's our essentially our first anniversary as the mad ones congratulations so so i love you guys you guys (laughs) um but when there, when one of the things that i changed was it was something that joe rogan had said it was it's not that i want to be the christian or libertarian or whatever joe rogan i think that doing that's stupid never try to be someone else um but he had said that the reason he thought his podcast was successful was that he started making it for himself. He started making it. He wanted to have fun. He thought that if he was having fun, then mm-hmm. his listeners would be having fun, and that's what you—that's how you find success. That's such great. And I took about, that to heart. I mean, that's great. That's a really great like concept. And that's and that's what we do. And so it's like, yeah, we have a lot of different topics. We talk about different things that interest us. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of Joe Rogan esque in that way, but with like, I th- I I haven't taken quite as many kicks to the head as Joe Rogan, so I think maybe I come across as slightly less stoner than
1: him. <laughs> yeah. Except that one episode.
0: That one episode that where one I couldn't episode. think. Yeah.
1: Did you, he did he you
2: get some... a little stoned one episode? Yes. it's On rock then.
1: <laughs> and he, by the end of the show, he could not function. I That's didn't know hilarious. where the buttons were, and I'm like, "Hey, dude, you gotta hit what the was button." The
0: funniest thing to me, though, about that whole situation was I couldn't function. I could, I was just like gone. But she would say, "Hey, do the thing," and then I would pop into the thing and do it just as I always do it, and then go Muscle back memory. to not thinking.
2: Like, yeah. I, I, "Well, here's what I love." And then I was gone again. <laughs> That's funny. I, it, it can be depending on what kind of weed it is. It can be an interesting time to to to. It was an edible show or edible, yeah, edible weed to perform while having. weed. I, I went to a Hawks game a, a little while back, and my friend gave me. So I was like, "All right, I, I I took like this. I shouldn't say Hawks game. I should say uh, a Golden State Warriors game, so that it's legal." Uh, um, <laughs> my friend gave me this uh, edible and like some liquid weed and I've never had I, I don't you know, I don't do a lot of a lot of weed so when yeah, I do no, it I no. might just like I either fall asleep or I'm like I'm already I know weed. you I'm just fucking bonkers wild if I smoke the right kind of weed I know you
1: don't do weed because you refer to it as do weed
2: as do weed exactly <laughs> right yeah, yeah I totally I'm like a boomer when it comes to it you <laughs> want to do some weed tonight guys Yeah, to do the weed you want to you, you smoke some of that reefer boys yeah. hey, we, we, we were we we did we did some weed that night and uh, i i spent about two hours making puns yelling out puns about the other team's name It was that we were playing they were playing the denver nuggets so it was a, a goal it was just a gold mine of puns it was like the nuggets are on fire and shit like just the whole fucking game and the people directly in front of us thought it was the funniest shit they've ever heard the people to the left of us were were so fucking annoyed with me but i couldn't stop <laughs> I just well, I could here- not stop with the fucking nuggets puns. And, and my buddy took some pictures at one point, put them on my Instagram. And the next day I was like, dude, why'd you put that shit on Instagram? We look insane, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he took them down. So do you mean to tell you? Okay, for I mean,
0: not first. We'll get to I want to ask Jessica about her first kiss because I feel like that's gonna oh, be no. wonderfully awkward. Oh yeah. But do you want to hear about the first time I smoked weed? Yes. Okay, so here's the thing with me and weed. I don't I don't use marijuana you don't, don't do, do weed at all i don't do the do weed, the weed. <laughs> yeah but in, a big reason for that besides just like some weird idea that i need to be in control of myself all the time so i can make good jokes um but beyond that uh my cousin was smoking weed and he was like i, I need to stop but i'll only stop if you smoke with me one last time and i was like brother if that's what it takes like you stop forever." That stop forever okay dude i we smoked that bowl. hold up
1: he didn't stop forever though did he
0: i don't i do not know if he's still doing it now but he did stop later on for a good while
1: okay all right fair enough um, the story
0: but i i smoked it half of the time i smoke weed which is a handful of times max i get like really bad vertigo and i throw up oh yeah. like it sucks oh, yeah
1: like a one in a hundred people yeah like throw up yeah Yeah, it
0: sucks but this time i didn't and uh we were sitting there and he was like you may not feel very high the first time and i was like no brother i'm here (laughs) um because we're we're sitting there and there are a couple of things first he was like what do you want to listen to and i was like led zeppelin and he started a song and i was like oh god it's so good black dog and then I don't even know. Is I can't it remember. Song? It is. And it's and what's interesting about black dog was it was specifically written. The beat was specifically written so that people couldn't dance to it. Really? Yeah. I, I love that little fact. I
1: can sure fucking get high to it though.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, totally. but, but he, he turns on the Led Zeppelin and halfway through the song, my, t- my perception of time is gone. And so, <laughs> I stop and I go, dude, what is this music? And he was like, it's literally the same song. It's been a minute and a half. He felt and like, I was like forever. wow forever. And so we listened to Led Zeppelin and we listened to Mumford and Sons and we listened to a couple of other things. Um, but I remember two specifically. And these are descriptions that will always make sense to me that may never make sense to anyone else in the history of the world. But he was like, I, I just sat up and I was like, it was the Led Zeppelin song, and I was like, "Man, you know what this sounds like?" He was like, "What?" And I was like, "If you drop a pebble <laughs> into a uh, into some water, and it's the the slow ripples out, that's what his voice sounds like." <laughs> and and it make it today to this day, yeah. that makes perfect sense to me. And then I forget what the other one was, but uh, Mumford and Sons. Here's a factoid about me. You know those, like, when we were kids, they'd have, like, folders or little pictures that were, like, holograms. And they were, like, 3D Mm. images, and you'd move them, and it'd it'd Mm -hmm. change. Oh, yeah. I cannot handle touching that shit, like, at all. Like,
3: Like, like, if I run my
0: finger against that, like, it goes up my spine, and I hate it. We're listening to Mumford & Sons, and he goes, what does this sound like? And I was, like, and I explained what it was. I was, like, you know those hologram things from when we were a kid? It's like run, running your fingers across. His voice is like running your fingers across that, but in a good way.
3: <laughs> and it
0: makes complete sense to me. I don't even know what the third song was, but he goes, he goes, okay, what does this sound like? What does his voice sound like? And I was like, I, I was like, uh, have you ever seen like one of those commercials, like laundry commercials, where they have some um, fabric and it's underwater? I was like, his voice sounds like silk underwater.
2: <laughs> yeah. Hey, you come up with a lot of interesting, creative <laughs> stuff. That the next day you go, man, this was brilliant last night. I, I'm trying to understand what I loved about it the night before. Like I, I remember I used to just fucking write like crazy when I, I would smoke back in the day, and then the next day I'd be like, what the fuck is this shit mean? <laughs> but what's funny is the fact that it still makes perfect sense to me.
0: Yeah, like it's it's like that is exactly correct. Um, I, but one thing I will say as vaguely as possible because i don't i don't want to be a gross person but if you've smoked and your partner has smoked and you join together as one oh yeah that you is have, like an no, incredible it's, it's
2: experience different. Yeah, yeah I, and then I, I threw up oh, for it's like it's not three not hours. in a racist way but yes you know. no just
1: just a okay right. um <laughs> I, I quit smoking some months ago, I think August. So I went from like smoking chronically for like 20 years to this is like month five or six.
2: And That's um, great, by the way. I have to say, I don't think you. I've told you this before. But the fact that you, the way that you have presented that online and because that's a tough thing for people to do. And I, and I think that. Thank you. I think it's great. I, I think it could. I think it changes people's lives when they stop smoking in a good way.
1: It does. Yep. Um, There were some unexpected things and um, something that I really missed is how good music sounds like i would i would smoke and then i would put on like some Thelonious monk or something like that and not that i don't still appreciate jazz in the same way but there's something about the combination of jazz and weed that's like um having it's good wine. Good. like having wine paired with food perfectly yeah is that's the same kind of thing you get when you listen to jazz when you're smoking. Not that I'm advocating it, kids, Um, there's other ways to enjoy jazz. Um, But um, something that I didn't realize would happen is when I stopped smoking, I started reading again. And because I was chronically smoking like three or four times a day from the moment I woke up till the moment I went to bed, um, I wasn't reading books because uh, my attention span wouldn't allow me to focus long enough yeah. to get into a book. So I might listen to audiobooks here and there. I can read stuff on the internet, I can read articles, but full-length books had been kind of robbed from me. And mm-hmm. I used, when I was a child, I was a major reader. I would, I would put stacks of books away. 20 years as a pot smoker through most of my adult life, I hadn't read. Um, now that I'm off weed, I've put away, um, The Brothers Karamazov by Dostoevsky. I'm in the middle of crime and punishment, like all of these classic novels that I should have been reading throughout the course of this last 20 years, I'm actually like getting them back. And I was like, wow, something really important was stolen from me, not by anyone else, through my own actions. But, um, Mm. I'm, 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 I will trade how good music sounds when you're high, for being able to read books again.
2: Well, no, so you need it's probably feel better too, just on, on a, yeah, a daily I basis, can, I would think.
1: When I wake up in the morning, I don't have a cough anymore. And that was something I had just accepted as a weed smoker that, okay, you're going to cough a little bit when you wake up. That's gone now. I don't have to do that. And yeah i used to tell people great. so
2: like I, I i've smoked plenty of weed in, in my life and i like it I, i've had good experience with it it's fun but i can totally relate to what you're saying i i, I don't smoke it now uh, um i'm more productive when i don't but i, I used to tell yeah. friends of mine who who um uh, uh, would, would smoke it on a regular basis and, and uh they would be like no no I, I can smoke it and i can function all the time and i'd be like there's two you types can of function people, There's two types you're of not people getting... that, yeah there's people who say they can smoke weed every day and function, and there's people who are lying to themselves those are the yeah two types of people because you can't really function at your best w- when you're high you can do some things but and i'm not criticizing because i'm totally like I, I look it's fun to get uh, to you know smoke a little weed every now and then but well it also, i could
1: function i did my dishes i made yeah. my dinner i paid my bills i was functioning but there were parts of me that i had put on the shelf yeah and wasn't accessing. And
0: and when you started talking, that's what I was thinking about is because I remember when I was a kid, I listened to so much music (laughs) constantly, was always listening to music. And then over the past few years, it's become reading, it's become (laughs) listening or listening to a book or (laughs) um, listening to a podcast or listening to freaking- um,
2: Sex noises.
0: Lectures. By different, well, yeah. I think the only lectures worth listening to for me are like uh, biblical scholars and theology the- you know, Yeah, those are cool uh, theologians. Yeah, are cool. Like it's it's fascinating to me. Like I'm I've been listening through the Bible Project has an app now, and they have a podcast on uh, ancient eschatology, not eschatology, ancient uh, cosmology, and it's fascinating because it's looking back at. Um, like the Sumerians, the Babylonians, and their oh, that's neat. Their concepts of the cosmos and the creation of them, and how the Hebrew scriptures were a direct debate and uh, repudiation of some of these ideas. Like it's, and, and I know that when I was, I think when you're a kid, you're kind of in a high state anyway, yeah. Because you're 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 in this different mind zone. Everything's it's like
2: it's new and and stimulus is everywhere. Yeah, yeah and so right. like
0: when you were saying that i was like yeah no i get that from a different angle it's like right. with age came this desire for like knowledge and getting deep into things and
1: i was sussing no.
0: out truth
1: i was reading in a book that was written by a, a monk whose name escapes me at the moment but it's talking about um how monastics uh, go about trying to experience god and you can have these sort of um, moments that happen in the same way. He described it as the same way that lightning hits the ground.
0: Do you know what I call where them? You're, what? I got it from scrubs, but I call them crystallizing it's moments. It's a good show.
1: Yeah, right, right. And so what he was talking about, um, how to experience one of these moments. And when we are constantly filling our bodies with things to satisfy our needs. So like if we're hungry, we eat. If we're uncomfortable we smoke weed or we take xanax um if we're bored we distract ourselves with our phones so we're constantly like feeding ourselves feeding our earthly form in order to constantly have our needs satisfied and so we never allow ourselves to empty the vessel out enough that something else can come in that we can experience something that's beyond the physical realm and so when monastics are going through prayer and fasting and self-denial it is an attempt to sort of empty out the vessel and only when you have this like kind of like blank open slate when you're a little you got to be a little bit hungry you got to be a little Mm -hmm. bit uncomfortable you have to be ready and open and fertile
0: i think i need to address the adhd or whatever is in my system because several weeks ago two or three weeks ago i did a three-day water only fast
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: and i couldn't and it it wasn't like oh i'm so hungry i can't think i can't pray i can't do these things it was just the same issues that i deal with now which is like it's hard for me to read i love to read but it's hard because my brain splits off because yeah. And I don't know if it's ADHD or anything else. I don't, I'm not diagnosing myself, but it seems to me that in my mind, I have a need to interact and to think and to ponder. Like it's, it's fine for me to read mm-hmm. a book where someone is explaining a concept, but nine out of 10 times I'm sitting there and I, I hear the first words of a concept and I start rabbit holing and so thinking associating about, and thinking them through. Yeah. Right. right, And so, and, and it's, it's, it's productive but it's very hard for me to read a lot you of times get, like, because
1: centered and quiet. And right. Empty. And so
0: I did yeah. these three days and it was, that was still the issue. And so it's mm-hmm. like, I've got to figure out what I can do to do that because it's not mm-hmm. food. I mean, I love sugar. Uh, you can tell from my very, very voluptuous form that I love sugar. Um, but, it's interesting because I thought for sure when I was emptied of these things that I would be able to completely um, focus mm-hmm. on well, this. I, or that. T- and I, I couldn't. I couldn't yeah. freaking do it.
2: I, I'll, I'll tell you what, when it comes to that, I've, I've had similar experiences with, with a, a challenge focusing. One of the reasons other than getting clean that I love taking a shower is that I don't even think about it this way is that that is my escape from all the technology and I'm never more focused and I I never have more better ideas than I do when I'm in the fucking shower because I'm with my thoughts and and I'm reflecting and I'm not having constant uh, distractions that I can easily get to Mm -hmm. and going to the lake or going outside and leaving the phone inside. It's just such a, it's hard to do today because yeah. we all rely on that. But doing that it's so I never I'm never more clear in my mind than when I do that. I remember the first time it's crazy because this is we have these vivid memories of things that that are they leave a big impression on us. And it's, it's crazy that this is one of my vivid memories. The first time that I, I broke one of my iPhones, one of my first iPhones, I didn't have a phone for like four days. I remember that period because it was one of the most fucking liberating periods that I've had in the last 10 years because I was free of all the distractions for a while. And I I was clear minded and it was great. So the technology that we rely on, I think, also can contribute to these problems of distraction.
1: And this is why monasteries are in these far flung remote locations. So like as I'm talking about this guy who's a monk who's saying these things about like emptying yourself. It takes them years to get this way. So if like your first swing at a three-day water fast, you didn't quite like get the illumination or whatever it is, like don't, don't worry well, about that because like you, we're in the world here. It's not like we're in the woods. We're not at a monastery where we have complete peace to focus on that kind of thing. It's harder for us. As a matter of fact, to achieve well, those states.
0: And so it's like Heather said here, ADHD means hyper focusing on one thing for a period of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when I'm describing what I'm going through, it seems more scatterbrained than it is. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. It's
0: like, so for the past probably four years, I've been I've been thinking on off and on about the theological concepts of paradise and what hell would be yep. i've been talking about, about this, this last for night. a lot and so this and, it, and it's it's something that i i don't think of constantly but i think of when i have the clarity to think through these things if that makes mm-hmm. sense mm-hmm. Yeah. and so what seems to happen with me is i have this um deeply rooted drive to not just know but to understand and to connect. And so like when it comes to reading books about theology, I just finished a book called, um, what's the name of that book? Surprised by Hope by N.T. Wright, which mm-hmm, is a fantastic mm-hmm. book about the resurrection yeah. and the Christian idea of resurrection. It's a it's great book. It took me a long time to read that. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that he would say one sentence and then I would have to connect all of the dots Yeah down the entire thing and try to come to a conclusion that was built not on just his words, but on like for me personally, the the per- the yardstick that I use is the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so going in and, and making these connections and making things make sense. And so right, I've right. I've landed in a place now. So now I'm ready to move on to a different idea. I'm ready to firmly set myself in a new idea. But what happens is, regardless of what I am reading, I typically go back when I need to to that time, that place, that idea, and work it out.
2: I got you. I, I can relate to that. A lot of people talk about speed reading, and I understand the concept of speed reading, but I, I am not. But if it's something I like, like if, I remember the first time I read Plato, Socrates, uh, it changed my life. Just the, the way of thinking. It was very, it was very, mm-hmm. very life changing. It just expands your mind. I didn't breeze through that shit, man. I it was like a it's like a fucking sentence at a time, and I'd be whoa, well, I'd yeah, think about yeah. it and I'd relate to it, and just I'd make a yeah. meal of it. It, it. I can totally get that. It, you you want to dive deep and and really absorb the, the knowledge. Yeah.
0: And one, I think that like the the a lot of people will tell me get off of social media, get off of this and get off of that. You know, like you're talking about your experience with losing the iPhone, mm. but for me that is counterproductive to who I am as a person because right now there's no one to talk to besides, I mean, like there's my wife, but beyond her, like I don't have like friends in person that I can talk to. And so I connect with Binkley. I connect with Jessica. I connect with Mm -hmm. Monica. I connect in these different ways through social media so that I have a semblance of community in my life. Mm -hmm. And so like losing the phone, is unthinkable to me simply because that means I lose my friends.
2: Yeah, I don't think you have to lose it totally. I I think that periodic uh, uh, breaks from it, from from that, just to clear your mind and nature. Uh, For me anyway, I I enjoy.
1: That's what I was kind of trying to drive at with the talking about the monastic. Um, It made me realize that smoking weed all of the time I was doing to comfort myself instead of letting myself fulfilling a need instead of allowing myself to be comfortable uh, uncomfortable. But because I've allowed myself to be uncomfortable, I've been able to sit and think, okay, why am I uncomfortable? What is making me unable to handle my reality without some kind of like, you know, pacifier?
3: Um, I love that. I I mean, I think that's such
2: a great concept. I don't mean to interrupt. I I think that that is a a brilliant concept. It's just a lot of the things that we do. We do it because we don't want to be uncomfortable. Uh, I'm like. There Being is, able to point it out and just, it's just, uh, it's a good, it's great exercise. You're very self-aware because uh, um, we don't want to point that out. We don't want to recognize that because we, we seek to avoid what is not pleasurable, what is uncomfortable. Right. But we can only grow once we recognize what is uncomfortable. Right. And, and that's the that concept that,
1: of um, nature, that without discomfort, an organism will not grow. If right. if you have everything that you need right there, you're not going to go out. So it's like, okay, yeah, maybe I can function while I smoke weed, but what am I capable right. of if I don't?
0: Yeah, you know. Well, and so it it makes sense that this makes sense on a lot of a couple of different levels. For one, as a father, um, I forget who said it, but someone said the best advice they ever received, and it was from someone you wouldn't think, Jack Black. It was from Jack Black. He said, as a as a parent, one of the worst things you can do is try to make a happy kid happier. And this is true on a couple of different levels, because kids are very resilient creatures. They're very um, anti-fragile. And so if, if you disrupt a kid who is entertaining themselves and having fun to put a, an iPad in their hand to put a video game in their hand. Mm-hmm. You're actually stopping these natural processes of learning. You're stopping these natural processes of um conflict and resolution. You're mm-hmm. you're you're taking away this thing. And so it's like if you see a kid that is doing something dangerous, but he's doing it carefully, let him do it. Yeah. You know, and, and so it, I, in my opinion, thinking about this, it makes me think of that. But also. We learn the boundaries.
2: They, they yeah, right. you test that shock, you know, wire. If you're like a dog, not to say we're dogs, but we learn in <laughs> similar ways, though. Dogs we only should, go to the extent we, of the the, the shock collar. I don't yeah. use a shock collar, by the way. I just,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it's I mean, like there are, the these, dog,
3: right? <laughs> there are
0: these things. And so we talked to a girl named Heather Nielsen from Fight the Beast a couple of months ago, or not a couple of months ago, a couple of weeks ago, um, about how a lot of... So we didn't talk specifically about this, but as humans over time, from childhood to adolescence to adulthood, we have these naturally formed coping mechanisms Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. we use to get rid of the discomfort. Mm -hmm. And so when we talked to her, we talked particularly about um, pornog- pornography addiction and, you know, self-pleasure addiction, because this is something that people use guilty to quiet that raging voice on the inside that needs passive, passive. What's the word? pacification. Pas- I thought it might be, but it sounded weird. Pacification. It needs to be pacified Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we jump to the easiest possible way to pacify that dark, maybe dark or uh, conflicting or uncomfortable voice that tells us where there are these lacking bits in our lives. There are these lacking places that we need to fix. And if we fixed them rather than just doing these uh, shallow um, m- mind-altering, a lot of times, coping mechanisms, we could actually become better and stronger people.
1: So this is an important point. I have point.
2: to run to the bathroom. I'll be sure. right back. Yeah. <laughs> so this
1: is an important point to the um, illumination factor, wh- which it was described as lightning hitting the ground. The way that lightning is um, attracted to hitting the ground is they become oppositely charged of each other and there's a um, like a reaction. So yeah. that voice that sort of hunger is your inner being being charged in such a way, having your atoms aligning in such a way so that it's attracting